Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathRollProds.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. Joe today is Birdie. Hello. And Nico. I'm here. I made it. I'm here. It's been a bit of a time since we've done one with all three of us. <laughs> yeah, we could never get the schedules to work right, and you could also argue we still couldn't get the schedules to work right. But. Yeah, just everybody's fucking working or looking for work or doing school shit or sleeping. Life, man. Life. It happens. <laughs> but Not we're here. asleep, as it turns out. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or dead. Yeah, so unfortunately, uh, Birdie will not be able to actually be with us for the entire show. We only, we only got him for the first hour of it, so we're just going to have him go first. Just all his books first, and then Nico and I will do the show as usual from there. You can blame me. It's my fault, folks. I know Birdie, the best person on the show. You're disappointed now that <laughs> you're, you're you're hating on me now. It's okay. You can tune out after he talks. <laughs> <laughs> and just once he's done, just fucking leave. Go listen to one of the other 19 billion podcasts we released this at least hour. <laughs> Apologies once again, Birdie. Though nice yeah, to hear from you. <laughs> Although, uh, according to Caveman Deadman, I apparently have an ability to show up on your podcasts even when I'm not on the podcast. But uh... <laughs> wait. What? It's kind of like that weird time I showed up on the manga podcast. I apparently texted you <laughs> as you were talking on one of the podcasts, Anime. and that showed up on the podcast. Yeah, you texted me about, like, the Venom trailer. Oh, oh. yeah, that little <sighs> trailer. Let's, let's yeah. put it in <laughs> yeah, okay. trailer. Okay, the Venom sizzle reel of Tom Hardy doing action stuff. It's not even a sizzle reel. There's nothing interesting in it. That's kind of what sizzle reels are now. Tom Hardly. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> God anyway, it. <laughs> um, it made you laugh. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to get the uh, big thing out of the way first. Uh, considering how mostly positive we've been about DC recently, I don't get why DC hates Alan Moore. DC kind of hates all the creators to an extent. Well, to be fair, Alan Moore also hates DC. I think that's what started it. <laughs> he hated like, them, is it, and they hated or, him back. Is it, or was it like he, like they were kind of ambivalent about each other, then Alan Moore tried to do something, and DC was like, fuck you, dude. No, they definitely did him wrong, and then he kind of spit file, <laughs> file venom at them, and, he, and yeah, and then from then on, they just hated on him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just, so. well, just saying that brings two things to mind. A... I'm pretty sure Alan Moore could actually spit venom. I mean, he does worship. He does work for Manhattan Snake God. Yeah. And two, I noticed how this idea of fucking Dan DiDio and Alan Moore in like an eight mile style rap battle. <laughs> and just Alan Moore's out there just spitting fucking fire. Yeah, I'd, I'd or, pay to see um, that. Or Dead Man, if you remember, got the one good scene from Godzilla 2014. Like Alan Moore grabs Dan DiDio, rips his mouth open, and just like breathes acid down his throat. Yeah. <laughs> fuck a Papa Doc. Fuck a clock. Or you know whatever that was. What the fuck? <laughs> what? That's the Eight Mile rap right there. If you remember the movie. I don't, I and I'm not sure you do either. That's what he says. Isn't the guy's the name he was battling was called Papa Doc? And he said at the end he said fuck a Papa Doc and fuck a clock and a bunch of other bullshit, but I don't know the whole rhyme, obviously. <laughs> Anyways, Bertie. Yeah. Well the reason <laughs> oh, I brought this up at all is um uh recently Justice League of America announced that they were going to introduce uh characters from Alan Moore's Prometheus series 
as like ongoing antagonists slash side characters in it. As far as I can tell, for no real apparent reason. It's because, yeah, yeah we have the rights to it, and like, fuck that old dude. He's going to die soon, right? And cause, and this is weird to me, because I'm not sure how many people even remember Promethea. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a, it's a beloved Alan Moore series, but even among beloved Alan Moore series, it's one of those ones that, when I mentioned it to Dead Man, he's like, who? Yeah, I own all... Th- think it's five volumes i've only read the first one uh i've only read the first one so far yeah. i'm probably gonna work my way through the rest of them though because well i mean just the fact that alan moore is working with jh williams the third right is good enough reason to Absolutely. read all five volumes <laughs> I, I mean i don't know if you were gonna get into it but did you hear about the outrage from jh williams on this fact like because think, this happened jh williams hates dc almost as much as Alan mm. moore does but yeah, yeah this, this is the second time they've done him dirty yeah because he kind of went to the internet and bitched about them as well after this happened uh saying he, he was pissed off that they used those characters without his permission but whatever i am looking up his response i think it was was it Wildstorm or that Imp- america's best comics i remember uh, that- i think it was let me guess you've got the thing in it's America's know, best. It's called, it was produced by America's Best Comics, right? Which was, I think, Alan Moore's DC imprint at that time. Yeah. Like he did top ten and all that. I believe so. Yeah, 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 that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was an imprint of Wild Storms. Yeah, but anyway. Um, yeah, so I have his comment. Yeah. So okay, you want to read that first? Yeah, from Twitter actually. <laughs> because he fucking found out about it through a bleeding cool article. Yeah, that sounds about right. He tweets. So, this is without affording me the dignity of hearing about it through proper channels. I've not brought this to Alan's attention. Doubt he knew until now. Besides that, I can't in good conscience condone this happening in any form at all. Yeah, can't blame him. And then DC declined to comment. Of course. Yeah. Like, what are they going to say? Fuck you, got ours. Like okay, as, as a side example, when when mainstream DC characters showed up in Neil Gaiman's Sandman stories, that was fine, but they never felt like they were all that obstructive of the story. Whereas every time uh, anyone tried to drag Neil Gaiman characters into mainstream DC stories, it always felt wildly out of place. Like the random time. Mm-hmm that Grant Morrison's JLA just called the Sandman and said, hey, we got a problem. Mm. Yeah, and then there was the time in fucking during Dark Nights. Mad- is is, is yeah. that happening still? Yeah, there's one more issue. Fuck it's me. A, yeah. yeah. Well, also, it, apparently, the according as far as I can tell, the reason that the Promethea characters are coming in is because, as, from what I saw of the the promotionals of it, the dark universe is making everyone open to the suggestions of the dark villain from Promethea. I'm like, oh, fuck you. Well, (laughs) the other thing that's actually happening is they're going to bring Tom Strong, which was another character that he did with that same imprint, into the Terrifics, which Jeff Lemire's doing. And and, um, so it seems like they're basically, yeah, bringing every single thing that Alan Moore has written at some time and given them to writers that aren't Alan Moore to basically yeah. most likely ruin and, what he's and done. I'm not, on. I, I, don't, 
I don't, on principle, object to the idea of people using Alan Moore's characters without him being involved in some way. But, like, at the mm-hmm. same time, DC has not really had a good track record with using Alan Moore's characters. No, so. no they have not. But, to be fair, Tom Strong is, like, is basically, like, a... It's less high... It's less high concept than like this. Is, Tom Strong is at the other it's, end of freaking from freaking Promethea. Right, right. You know that's Promethea is more of his like original idea, but Tom Strong was like like almost like his Flash Gordon or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like like in Watchmen, just screams like this was a serial yeah. back in the fifties. Yeah, so like I mean, a lot of these ideas are obviously his takes on other ideas. Is he as hanging well. out with Doc Samson? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Go on. Yeah. So. I guess I'll briefly talk about the book, uh, since most of this reason I read this again was just outrage that DC <laughs> fucked me over. I just uh, read it in spite. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, you assholes. This book is so fucking good. And for the most part, it is. Like, I looked up reviews of it, and people do consider it to be one of the lesser of Alan Moore's classic books. And I can kind of understand why, because it is so very abstract and esoteric. Because, oh, good. Okay. Because the central concept of it, Dead Man, is that Promethea is a legacy superhero in the sense that it is a literal goddess who can be channeled through a individual person through creative understanding of who that goddess is to them. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like a Wicked and Divine kind of, in a way, sort of. Not yeah. yes and no, but yeah. Uh, not quite, but I get what you're going for. Yeah, that, she's not a... concepts given right. physical form, and you know she has the she has a spear that is also, you know, the Hippocratic oath symbol. Yeah, that that medics that medics use, and the first time you see Promethea, she looks awesome, but then like the person who is possessed by Promethea has apparently grown too weak to continue the possession because she's being stalked by a shadow mancer. Because, you know, yeah. Alan Moore. So, in, and the reason, uh, and this, so you see this uh, fat middle-aged lady who is, like, upset that her her husband was recently killed by someone looking for Promethea. And it's like, okay, why did Promethea ask me to save you, you stupid little bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and the reason, appe- the reason appears to be that... Um, this woman is this young woman. I think her name is Elena. Is supposed to be the new uh, host for Promethea, and based on every every sort of like screaming "help me" damsel in distress trope she has acted out of the situation, she's like, "Oh God, you! I hope you're, I hope you're better than it looks like you are." <laughs> and she actually is because uh, the implication is that the power, the magical power Promethea has in this world, is based on. Essentially, your creative writing talents, mm-hmm. which is an interesting take on things. To like to the point where she literally she uses the power of narrative reduction to weaken an enemy until he is nothing, uh, an all powerful enemy until he is nothing but a minuscule dwarf that can be easily dealt with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like she breaks down who this wizard is. And the concepts that give him power into, like, narrative, like, factional, like, fact boxes. And this weakens him so much that he can no longer fight her. Those are little, like, Scott Pilgrim-style, like, character trait boxes? 
Kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. And does, like, a work in reverse, like, the worse you are at writing, do you get just weaker? I guess, because, like, there seems to be implications that some people are much better at being Promethea than others. Like, the scene, like, this, a significant portion of this first volume involves the new Promethea going into Dimension where she can meet all the other women who have been Promethea. And some of them are like, yeah, you're actually pretty good, but no, you're not as good as me. <laughs> of course they of course they say that. They're writers. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Promethea's got a great design. I think that's probably part mm. of the reason DC used the character for the cover where they introduced these characters, because it's just such... Mm. It's 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 got some Wonder Woman to it, but of course, like the the dual snake spear and the shield is all interesting stuff, and of course, the fact that it's all J. H. Williams the Third art in yeah. tears, yeah, particularly particularly when she remembers how she ended up being trapped in a dream world mm-hmm. through like caption boxes and snapshots of her previous day, yeah, and I'm like, oh, 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 hi, J. H. Williams the Third. This is why people like you. <laughs> God, I miss him. <laughs> Yeah, that one yeah, was so good. fucking good. Yeah, before again, before DC fucked it. <laughs> yeah, the DC's like, hey, you know, you're getting too interesting. Let's just have her like fuck a vampire. I also um, some of his the best stuff I've seen by him is he did a um, that Sandman miniseries, which was a return to the Sandman a few years ago. Um, Overture. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that looked really fucking great too. Yeah, he's good. He's and he's got a bunch of different styles actually, which is yeah. even more amazing. And yeah. they're all good. <laughs> like, and it's, it's, it's 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 difficult to talk about this book in any great detail other than mm. saying I really like it because it's all like abstract creative writing concepts and gorgeous J.H. Right. Williams art. Yeah, mm. like like I should I should be more freaked out that somehow a character from our our time somehow ends up in the thirty first century where a woman pulls out a lamp post to hit a clown in the face. Yeah, it just but, sounds like natural. Yeah, just something that happens. Yeah, his, his response when he shoots people is hoopla. <laughs> Him and Casey Jones could start up a fucking really great band of people who have terrible catchphrases. It's like hoopla, gungala. Then the tick comes in, spoon. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, a lot of this is insane. Obviously, it's yeah, it's Alan Moore. It's obscure mythology, interesting takes on the creative writing as a concept, all sorts of weird shit happening. But I definitely will read it. And the fact that um, the, the library in, near my house has all five volumes and I have to keep mm. checking out books anyway for school, so I might as well check out some fun stuff while I'm there. So Yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna continue reading it from uh, here on out, Birdie? Like on the side? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, maybe I'll keep it, reading it. Maybe, maybe when I'll... I get to the end I'll finish mm. it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll join you then in reading it over the next little while then because I I have only read the first volume as well and like you said for whatever reason I just didn't feel the need to continue afterwards I, even though I, think I, the I picked thing them is up because because it's so abstract mm. it doesn't have it doesn't have great narrative progression which right. is a problem so it doesn't really have that that hook to compel you to keep reading beyond what's in front of you like some books i mean yeah, alan mord has never been all that great at uh i mean even stories that have strong narratives in his like uh v for vendetta still have some of that like literary digression stuff which doesn't help greatly with you know 
impetus to continue the plot. Yeah, it just derails the actual story to just wax poetic about the nature of existence and comic book characters or something. Mm. Yeah. Which is not in and of itself a bad thing. It's oh, just no. for like an ongoing serialized mm. series, it can be a problem if you want to keep reading it, particularly when you know there's five volumes. Yeah, for like the longest but time, like keep... Miracle Man was one of my favorite fucking books, and then I read Animal Man, which is a similar kind of fucking treatise on comic books and, ha- and how they fucking work, but it had a fucking plot. Yeah, because mm. Grant Morrison, as insane as he is, was more focused on like high concept ideas in an ongoing plot rather than like digressions or discussions of various ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because usually the high idea like was a huge driving force of the plot. And there's also some other weird boring shit happening like like fucking the introduction of a morphogenic field that links all links all living life together. Other uh, that somebody can access because a ship fucking exploded and then an oil company being like, "Yeah, let's just like kill this guy." Yeah. Fucking Greenpeace. So, yeah. um, it, it's Alan Moore in his prime, so yeah, you, you, you should definitely read it. But particularly just just for the double fuck you of two one of the greatest artists and one of the greatest writers who ever did work for DC, having done work together that DC is now trying to fuck over. <laughs> like... Has any have any of us even read JLA in the longest time? Like uh, the Justice League of America? I know Dead Man talked about it briefly. A I'm while actually still back. reading it. Oh, okay. Um, what Morrison's one or No, the Justice No, the League current of Justice League thing that, that takes place in oh. fucking Mount Justice and Happy Harbor. No, fuck that. No, I'm not It's not awful. <laughs> it's not great, but like I'm fucking Are you talking about the Steve Orlando one? The one with the is Lobo? He still it? Lobo on the team, that one? Yeah, that that, that one. is still the worst element because Lobo doesn't make any goddamn fucking sense in this goddamn team. Yeah. You saying it's not bad? It's hmm, not I terrible. Don't know. I would, Do you I hear Scott Snyder is going to write the new Justice League, though? Yeah, like, I, I want to go I wouldn't go out of my way to say, like, yo, you should read this. I'll be like, if you do read it, right. eh, it's like a fucking crime procedural. Just like, hey, if you have it on the background, mm. you could fucking enjoy it, but mm-hmm. t- Okay. If you spend too much time looking at it, shit gets weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Steve Orlando, if he's still writing, his writing just hasn't clicked with me. I've tried his stuff a few times now, and um, for whatever reason, I'm just not a fan so far of him, but... Eh. Uh, and that's totally understandable. Yeah, I just and I, and I and you know I've tried. Um, yeah, just for whatever reason, whatever I've read, that's why I didn't bother with the Justice League. But okay, I'll keep it in mind. Hey, it yeah. is still being written by Orlando. So okay. I, I at the very least, am going to over the course of the next few months try to finish all of Promethea because while it's maybe not his best work, it might be the Alan Moore book I enjoy reading the most. Mm-hmm. Well, I got all the volumes here on the shelf. I'm looking at it right now, so yeah, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll try to also do yeah, that. Yeah, once we're both done, we can do like an in depth discussion of the whole yeah. thing. Bitch, but, I uh, am still but, here. I can get my fucking hands on that shit. Well, I'm well, throwing you, it out you there. You have the longest list. You're the, you, 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 you've got <laughs> you've got so much stuff from like the the crappy uh, developer. You've got so much crap stuff from the two big stuff to read. I can read shit and good things at the same time. <laughs> well there you go i'm throwing it out there promethea <laughs> let's read it yeah. as a group yeah. all right okay so moving on um i guess i'll switch to marvel for this next one save the most emotional one for last uh i am surprised how much i'm still enjoying amazing spider-man renew your vows okay like 
like this is an Elseworlds. The, 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 what's the term? I can't. These, what if Marvel never had a what if thing? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that, that's yeah. basically the thing. Like, 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 like DC was like Elseworld tale, fucking whatever, and then this is, and then Marvel's like, hey, what if this stupid concept? Yeah, <laughs> and this and in this case, it is what if or Spider-Man what if never not, sold his marriage yeah. to Satan. Yeah, I was about to say. In this case, it's what if not this stupid concept? <laughs> exactly. Actually, <laughs> yeah. What if, what if we undid the stupid thing we did? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, going into this second volume, um, this is a, this is the last volume where uh, his daughter's name is Anne, I think. Something like that. Annie. Yeah. Um, is a, still a uh, a young child. She becomes a teenager in volume three. Which I haven't finished reading yet. But in this one, uh, it's basically the end of, uh, this is like, oh, this, so this is a kind way to uh, end the generational hatred between the Osbournes and the Parker family. And of course, it involves a giant robot. Oh, okay. I was going to, I was wondering, <laughs> like, end the generational fucking thing. Like, wait, is this like some fucking... For some reason, you said you said end generational thing. The only thing I thought of was like, what is it, like a play date between Anne and fucking Harry's kid? Almost. Is that what this is? Okay, so it starts out um, at, at uh, what is her uh, Mary Jane uh, is having is kind of overused because the tech that allows her to tap into Spider Man's power so that she can be a superhero, she's kind of overusing it and draining him too much. Like when she threw a uh, subway car at Mysterio and somehow didn't kill him. <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm so just like, starts- wait. So what? Like, don't they have fucking totems that can do this shit? I don't. I I still don't quite understand how the Regent Tech works. The expo- explanation is that she is able to use some of his powers to be superpowered to a certain extent. If she uses all of them, she appears to be a bit more stronger than he ever was, or maybe she just has none of the, his internal limitations. You couldn't fucking tie that know. shit to Madam Web. I don't know. I, I, that's the one part of this I universe I never got. Is does the, she even exist anymore? Tech. Because I, I keep uh, she, she exists that, when they need her to. Yeah, yeah. Because every time I think that they're going to use her, like a great time for them to use her, they never do. It seems like, and it seems like she's been forgotten with the Spider-Man animated yeah. series back in the day. No, no, like, <laughs> no, like, uh, no, like Spider no, Island no, was last time she had any yeah. real prominence. No, I think. no, uh, more uh, Grim Hunt. Grim that Hunt was after right, yeah, Spider that. Island. But why didn't they use her during fucking Spider Verse? That's because ridiculous. fuck you, right? Like, isn't that well, been the technically? <laughs> technically, they did, but uh, not because, that version. Of yeah, well, well, yeah, that's the thing. In Grim Hunt, yeah. the Madam Web we're familiar with died, and, yeah, and one then, of the uh, other Spider Women, uh, the one who Jessica Carpenter, I think. The one yeah, the who wore the, second? the black spider. Yeah, yeah, second one became the new Madam Web. Right. I don't know what happened. I can't remember what happened to her during Spider-Verse, but she was in it. She got but, fucking, she got forgotten. The editor was like, yeah. the editor was like, hey, shouldn't we have like another character around here? And then somebody fucking like snapped their fingers or farted and he forgot what he was thinking about. Yeah, she was involved at one point. She wasn't used to the degree that I would have liked her to be. Because, you know, Spider-Verse, you think that yeah, she'd fuck, be she at the Ma- center yeah, of everything. Madam yeah. Web. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you get to that She's fucking the, giant, weird, was, like, fucking dimensional web b- bullshit that they now have the robotic man working on. Madam Web should be sitting at the fucking center of that. 
Yeah. yeah, let me just sum this up. Spider Verse was the last good thing Dan Slot did with Spider Man. Absolutely, yeah. we've all yeah. yeah we've all said that yeah, yeah. That we agree with that. Yeah. Okay, so but anyway, um, regardless with the weirdness of the tech, uh, Mary Jane goes looking for a way for her to be a superhero and help Spider Man that doesn't involve like draining him of his power so much that he end up he he collapses in on himself when she tries to use too much of it. Her answer is not a smart one. She goes to see, uh, God, what is her name? She was one of Sp- Peter's, Liz Allen. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who is now the uh, de facto head of Oscorp, since the the Osborne, who is the only one left, is too young to run it properly. Uh, and Liz Allen uh, knows who Peter Parker is and the Spider family, and her, and she knows that, it's, and she presumes that at some point the Parkers will come for her son. So she wants to protect her son, and her idea of doing that is to give Mary Jane the Venom symbiote. Yeah, yeah, fu- fucking God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which the only good part about that is in one of the in the next issue after she gets the venom symbiote she has a mental battle with the venom symbiote which is acted out on her person in front of peter and he's like what the fuck is happening <laughs> like it like they have like a like a fight club moment where they're having a super powered brawl in her head and the the punches and stuff are being acted out by the body as the two people fight in her head yeah, sure. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't fucking... They literally have a goddamn organization in Spider-Man to give people spider powers. <laughs> the motherfucking Spider Society still goddamn exists. Yeah. Fucking just hit up Ezekiel or whatever to say, yo, you got one of them fucking spider statues, then fucking slam that shit against your goddamn head or whatever, and then get spider powers. Yeah. But no, it's got to be, oh, yeah, let's go find the person who's trying to murder, whatever. Give me the Venom symbiote. Fuck it. These things yeah. are meant to protect the galaxy, right? Yeah. Now, in Mary Jane's defense, she didn't know it was the Venom symbiote when it was given to her. She was just told it's a biotech black suit. <laughs> oh, but... no. What else could it possibly be? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, uh... So the, the last, the la- everything after that is actually probably the best part of the book because the first issue after that is essentially a ten-year-old Osborne kid trying and f- trying to act like Norman Osborne and trying to act like the Green Goblin, but he's just a child. Well, so, to be fair, no- so was Norman Osborne. That fucking jackass just just oh, it's all mine. I mean, literally, not metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so it's it's actually worse than like if you didn't know damian wayne was trained by like assassins it's so like when he shows up wielding a bunch of pumpkin bobs like i will kill the the, because the lizard invades his his company looking for regent tech and he's like i will kill you myself for trespassing and everyone's like oh isn't that sweet (laughs) i thought you were gonna say i I thought you were gonna say he says i'll kill you to death (laughs) <laughs> no, he just he starts so he just starts throwing a tantrum and throwing pumpkin bombs everywhere and like hurting people in his office until Spider Man's daughter shows up and said, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Act like a kid." <laughs> and so he throws another tantrum until he sees the picture of his dad, Harry, Liz, and himself as a baby, 
and he's just realized, I have no childhood. I am literally nothing but another goblin at this point, to the point where he has been using the regent tech that he recovered to build a giant robot which absorbs mutant superpowers. Sure. Only mutants? I guess just I guess superpowers. I guess it's I say okay. I say I say mutants because uh, when the robot is first deployed, the first people that show up to help Spider-Man try to deal with it is the X-Men. Naturally, so I mean Spider-Man was a teacher there once. Yeah, <laughs> no one remembers that. I do. <laughs> so do I. I think you and me are the only ones that read that, that series. By the way, <laughs> no, was that it was, it was no. a mini series called Spider-Man yeah. and the X-Men. It, it actually proceed. It was after the Wolverine and the X Men series, and then he, it, it Jason Latour. Sorry, quickly, Jason Latour wrote it after Jason Aaron left the book. Uh, the artist now in Southern Bastards for a bit. Then it ended. Then they launched this, and it lasted like five or six issues. But I think it's like a fucking footnote that no one talks about. It, it was, was quite good. It was immediately after Wolverine <laughs> died. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Wolverine was like, yo, fucking, he- yo, fucking Spider-Man, go to be a teacher at my school. Uh, I think there's somebody working for the Hellfire Club there. And literally every person at that school wants to murder Spider-Man. Yeah, everyone hates him. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the, the funny thing about the X-Men and the Spider-Man-Renew-Your-Vows Re- Spider-Man-verse is that uh, they go visit the Xavier School for Mutants. And it turns out Jean Grey married Wolverine because she discovered that Skyclops was a dick. Well, well, everyone so finds out eventually, you know, everyone, <laughs> he's a big yeah, dick. If they, if they have more than a five minute conversation with him, like, oh, you're an asshole. Oh, you're a privileged douche. Sorry. <laughs> so I found that funny, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of great. Yeah. What, what the, the interesting twist at the end is that it's not actually, it's not the Osborne kid piloting the robot. It's his, uh, essentially his butler, who thinks that she's doing what's right for him as a, as a son of the Osborne family, whereas Liz and he have both come to the conclusion that, yeah, shit, this goblin shit never got us anywhere. We should really just do something else. Yeah, and, like, when the hell did this fucking... Like, at what point did, did like, people and fucking comic books decide on this weird goblin dynasty idea? Because... it. Because essentially, uh, the Green Goblin became to Spider-Man what the Joker is to Batman. But he's not. I I know that. But that's but like, like the, Joker, that's like the, the like dynamic Joker in people's is, heads. The Joker is the antithesis of Batman. Whereas the Green Goblin just wants to kill Spider-Man. He doesn't stand for anything other than I'm going to kill Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, to be fair, none of Spider-Man's villains. Yeah. Stand for anything other no. than no. Spider-Man. no. Spider-Man's good villains are. I'm gonna rob a fucking bank. His his good villains aren't villains. They're criminals. I, I love his rogues gallery though. I, yeah, I like like bef- like before Dan Slott just decided to just fucking jump the shark to a point where Doctor where Doctor Octopus is a cancer mummy was trying to nuke the Earth with heat with global warming. Hmm. Before that fucking happened, the best Spider-Man villains are just Spider-Man villains were just. Criminals, just hey, we're gonna go do this heist. I'm gonna rob this bank. I'm gonna go do this, and then Spider-Man just fucking shows up, punches him, and then has to apologize to his yeah. aunt. But at the same time, also a lot of the best Spider-Man villains when they were first conceived were also, by today's standards of writing, would be seen as kind of dumb. Oh hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man is a character who has not really aged well. Yeah, but he's uh, he's the. 
he's Marvel's best insert self power fantasy in terms of any of the other characters because he's the most relatable yeah, like, in terms of backstory. But anyway, uh, yeah, so what? It, and when you mentioned the playdate thing, that's I kind of laughed at that because the end of this is Annie breaking into the robot with uh, a headset that's tied to Normie who's explaining her to her how to get in and how to disable the robot because he's like, yeah, this was a stupid thing I did. We should stop this. <laughs> God. <laughs> His fucking name is Normie. Yeah, Jesus I know. Jesus Christ. Uh, I feel bad for the kid, but at the very yeah, least... totally. Like, yeah. like, like, for one, Norman, not a great name to begin with. No. But two, the fact that you then fucking just, like, his nick, his family nickname is fucking Normie. Yeah. Jesus I think Christ. It's, I think it's a portmanteau of who his grandfather and who his father are. Norman, Harry, Normie. Do they reference his weird hair at all in this? Yeah, the weird, the weird fucking dyed red ramen noodles. Mm. Yeah, they make, yeah, Annie makes fun of that, but she also says... Yeah, but I can make fun of that and still be friends with you, and then they hug. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad at least they referenced his Brillo pad fucking hair that he has. Yeah. <laughs> and so at, at, yeah, so at the end of this, uh, Nor- Normie and Anne are best friends. Yeah, I know. You can't say the name without laughing. The internet's kind of ruined that name for me, because now whenever I think about it, all I think is, oh, you fucking Normie. Don't know about Pepe's. Yeah, I know. But, um... Yeah, but then we cut forward to her as a high school student getting uh, the new version of her costume that she's going to be wearing from here on. And it's not a bad costume design. It's not. Yeah. It's better than her mom's. I, I still don't get why they stick with the design for the, the whatever it is Mary Jane is wearing. It is such a stupid design. <laughs> but with the, I guess they were going for something along the lines of his original of, of the Spider-Man costume, but like dumb because. <laughs> Because, like, it's got the domino mask, for one thing, which that, I think we're all kind of sick of domino masks. Fuck domino and masks. In, instead of uh, the, like, red boot design at the base of his of his costume, she has, like, red loafer shoe design. Yeah, I'm looking at, at the, the costume right now, and it's, like, <laughs> like, like, the midsection of it is just kind of palette swap Spider-Man. Yeah. Then... Then it's the like, mask and the shoes that are weird. <laughs> not just the shoes. The fact that her like pants like bell bottom out to go around the shoes. Yeah, just, just like tights, 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 tights. Then just fucking huge cuffs. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, but wow. Yeah, I don't know why the f- they keep they. Mm. That's why I kind of liked when she wore the Venom costume, just because it was a nicer looking costume than this. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, and all of even Annie's like childhood, like I'm wearing a hockey helmet and football pads, (laughs) wasn't a bad costume. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, uh, actually, kind of still like this book, so I will probably keep reading it because I'm sick of like modern Spider-Man stuff until someone maybe rejuvenates it. Like when when I heard Bendis was leaving Marvel, I was like, "Can you take D- can you take Slot with you?" Please. <laughs> and then shortly after that, Slot then after he was leaving Spider-Man. Oh no, but yeah. then Slot actually even took the reins of Iron Man with which Bendis was writing. Now he's supposed to be doing that, I heard. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, but, I mean, and cuz the only thing, for the longest time, uh, the only thing I liked that Dan Slott was doing outside of Spider-Man was when he was doing uh, 
what is that? Uh, Silver, Silver Surfer, Surfer was with, good. With, with yeah. Mike Allred. Yeah, that but was great. Because that's Mike Allred. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a fucking yeah. real good book. And his She-Hulk book back in the day was good, too. I think so. Oh, yeah, the Dan Slott She-Hulk book. Yeah, it was yeah. hit or miss. Yeah, I'm looking at fucking pictures of the like, costume. Just D- Dan more detail. D- Dan Slott's run of She-Hulk was like sitcom. I liked it. It was, yeah. inten- it was intentionally a sitcom, and because of that, it, it's whether or not you find the joke they're going for funny. Right. there, He did have some great moments with yeah. Spider-Man, actually, in that series, though. Yeah, well, no, my favorite, my favorite yeah. early issues is the one where She-Hulk the, helps Spider-Man sue the court J. Jonah one. Jameson. Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was good, that was good. Yeah. So, actually, Bertie, and, so, question. Do you think... I'm actually trying to think about how to phrase this because I just looked it up. So, I actually just saw that, uh, like, in, I just remembered this actually, in the, like, Secret Wars Renew Your Vow book, uh, what ended up happening was that MJ just fucking stole Regent's, like, stole some Regent armor and just, like, wore that out in the field, just like her, but in, like, a Regent power suit. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they had, like, gone in the, more of, like, a that direction? As opposed to just, yeah, she got like Spider, but like worse. I think somewhere in between, because the idea of her wearing a Spider-like costume to fit with the family dynamic makes sense to me. If they were going to force her to have, unless they were going to do like the, the one good thing Sl- uh, Slot did in his more recent Spider-Man as a spy bit, where Mary Jane just randomly got the Iron Spider costume to save Iron Man and Spider-Man because they were being morons. I gave up, I think, before that happened. Yeah, that's a good decision, because that was literally a one-off, oh, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, I think think the last thing I read of, like, proper Spider-Man was he was going to fight those Zodiac guys for the fifth final time. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. I don't. I don't I didn't yeah, who the fuck cares? Like, I understand. I've stopped but caring so, about Miles Morales yeah. at this point. Like, fuck me. Yeah, I understand. But... So in answer to your question, I would have preferred like some kind of like battle suit type thing, but with uh maybe like design because like she's a design type person in her head, so she could have found a way to like reconfigure some Regent armor with Peter's technological know how to make it like spider themed. Yeah, that wouldn't have been very difficult, I don't think. But I think this is still relatively worth reading it's it's a bad sign though that the only way to get the stuff i like about spider-man is to read a, a what if story yeah that is that is a bit of a shame yeah well who knows maybe now that parker industries is like collapsed in on itself or he's like un, un, under, under arrest for fraud he, he closed it he closed it down as far as i've looked it up somewhere on like a, a comicsology type a comic vine type like mm. timeline of spider-man so, like, he apparently just went bankrupt. He's no longer dating right. Mockingbird. Uh, all of his investments somehow went kaput. I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> it went kaput. Yeah, all of, his, all of his investments went kaput because yeah, we don't want Spider-Man to have money. That's the, that's the thing you guys hated, right? I think he got a little overzealous with his uh, – Dan Slott just <sighs> – like he's like, wow, people are still reading after Superior Spider-Man. Well, now I'm going to do another crazy change to the book. He just got too greedy, I think. He's Guess like, what? Well, Biff, now it- Peter Parker's rich. <laughs> yeah, I think that was just way and too a spy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like if I think I would have preferred it if it was like like one of the 
like just having it be that, hey, Parker is rich. And that's pretty much the only change. Mm-hmm. J- just like his life is well, still just this fucking thing. turbulent nightmare. He's still doing all this shit, but he is just still like living in fucking Queens, saving people, having everybody be a dick. Like him, him being rich actually opens up more opportunities for him to be Spider-Man at a local level. Well, see, that's the thing. They were doing that already with Spider-Man big time. Yeah. And that, when was, he was, that like, was pretty making, all right. Yeah. That when was he was cr- making, when he was making money through horizon, like I, I don't mind him having money. I don't see the point of him like being, mm-hmm. Tony Stark style corporate magnate. That's just stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, if he was smart though, he could have ended Superior Spider-Man and been like, "Yeah, look at all this progress he made in Peter's life. Now that Peter's back, look, he's gonna fuck it all up right away." Yeah, like, he shouldn't have like, back <laughs> again. Exactly. Like he shouldn't have ran with the storyline. Oh, this is my new life now. Like no, that's where I, I no, think he I, went I, wrong. Yeah, like, yeah. He's <laughs> still spending. He's still he's still spending money out there like a fucking billionaire playboy. But he's spending it all on really stupid shit. Like now, oh, now I can afford food all the time. And hey, Aunt May, I bought your house. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Or like he tracks down all of his ex dates who he could never pay for dates. Or hey, I'm taking you out on one night. I'm paying just to show you that I can. Exactly. Just <laughs> some really stupid low level shit. Because, but he's a billionaire, so it works. Or like he fucking buys the bugle, and that's what makes and that gives fucking JJ James an heart attack. <laughs> that's not bad, actually. <laughs> There are things you can do with Spider-Man with money. Dan Slott didn't do that. He put Peter Parker into a Tony Stark story. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we move on to my last book so I can get going. Uh, So Nimona is from the co-creator of Lumberjanes, Noel Stevenson. Mm. And, okay, so this started out as a webcomic. Uh-huh. And you can tell from the formatting because the first few chapters just feel like one-off pages where the joke is all on the page and it just continues the story in the next one. Uh-huh. And considering the basic premise of this is a shapeshifter shows up at an e- at, a, at a like there's like the guy who is like almost quite literally the chosen master supervillain of this kingdom and. There is like a, sh- a, a a head knight who is in charge of like capturing him whenever he does evil deeds, and, and it's like Lord Blackhand versus uh, Lord Blackhand's the villain, and the hero I think is like actually no, I, don't remember. Yeah, I have Golden the names. Wine. It is Lord Ballister Blackheart and his arch nemesis, yeah. Sir Ambrosius Golden Lion. Actually, I think it's Golden Lion. Golden Loin, you're right. Sorry. I misread that. I was like, it can't be Loin. It's probably Lion. <laughs> yeah. Considering the uh, homoerotic tension between the, those two, that, that was probably intentional. Well, yeah. I, yeah. And, I, and I did read that it did start on Tumblr, so that makes total sense. Yeah. So, Nimona basically just shows up to Blackheart saying, hey, uh, you're an evil person. I want to be your henchwoman. Like, I, I don't need a henchwoman. But I'm cool. I can do shit. And she's like, but you're just a little girl. I'm not, And th- this is how she shows that she can shapeshift. I'm not a little girl. I'm a shark. Does <laughs> 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 it start suffocating because she's on dry land? No, she turns back almost immediately. But he's suddenly, what the f- <laughs> 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 To the point where it turns into a running joke. 
where yeah. like whenever he's feeling bad, he'll just he'll just he'll just sh- she'll just show up for a few seconds as a shark is like, "Do you have to keep doing that? I like sharks." <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh. And the funny thing and uh, Lord Blackheart is only a villain essentially because this society forced him to be a villain. He is not good. He's he is a master evil schemer, but he's not good at being evil to the point where he lays out his plans to commit an evil scheme, and she's like, yeah, yeah, that that looks like it would work, but, you know, there's not enough chaos, there's not enough destruction, too few people die. It's like, we're not aiming to kill people. She's like, why not? It's like, well, you're not supposed to just kill people. <laughs> but, but we're villains. That's not the point. <laughs> Actually, kind of is. He's thinking about it. Yeah, so, and it, her first mission with him after, like, a test of her abilities is to rob ye old bank. Mm-hmm. Getting down some proper high shit. Yeah. Just turn to a shark? And, uh, <laughs> no, he pulls out a uh, material atomizer and blasts his way through the uh, front gate until he, and set, which then tells the clerk to take him to the safe. At which point the guards come out and he tells Nimona, try not to kill anyone. So she turns into a giant gorilla and starts juggling them. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I've been meaning to read a bunch of Noel Stevens shit. Yeah, she has a great sense of humor. And you kind of need that sense of humor because this series goes dark. With names so, like Ballister Blackheart and fucking Ambrosius Goldenloin. How could it not? Yeah. Well, it's discovered that um, Goldenloin is, is essentially a figurehead, and he's only allowed to keep his jo- job as long as he convinces his bosses that he's good at doing his job. So when Blackheart starts actually succeeding at things, his bosses essentially demote him and start using harsher, crueler methods to either... Because, like, uh, Blackheart's goal is to discredit and overthrow the government. So the government keeps trying to discredit him, make him look more evil, stuff like that. Now, randomly during this, uh, to make him feel better after a failed uh, crime, Nimona tricks him into going to a science expo. Okay. And she's okay. like, how are, how are you going to disguise me? And he wears a fake beard. He's like, <laughs> how does this help me? Like, how does this help you? Oh, you're not wearing a fake beard. So she turns into a cat and sits on his head. He's like, I guess this works. <laughs> <laughs> right, I forgot you could do that. And one of the uh, one of the scientists in question who looks like an Ishvalan... Uh, like white hair, dark tan skin. I guess how did I describe her? It's like if um, what's his? It's like if Maze Hughes was an Ishvalan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Full Metal like, call out for everybody. <laughs> yeah, appropriate. Since at some point, I guess I have to watch that shitty movie that's now on Netflix. I don't. Uh, <laughs> fuck that thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, I saw a couple seconds of it and was like, "Yeah, this could be like a this could be like a cool like photo shoot," but like what? Yeah, but uh, so 
is Wallen Hughes, I'll just call her, call her that from now on, uh, shows off her experiment to, because uh, it's, it's designed to manipulate matter or hold it, ste- hold it in stasis, which unfortunately is, deter- uh, Nimona discovers that this turns off her powers. Okay. She doesn't know why, she doesn't know where this came from, uh, the backstory she gave, uh, this is another joke I forgot, uh, when Blackheart was just asked, how did you turn into a shapeshifter? He said, oh, um, a witch fell into a hole by my village, and I asked for shapeshifting powers in exchange for helping her. <laughs> just, just, that's it. Is that actually what happened, or? Uh, no. Although, when Blackheart first hears this story, he's like, well, it, it there are elements of it are that are a bummer because she has to be turned into a giant ferocious dragon. Uh, but apparently the, her explanation is the witch wasn't very good at her job. So she gave her the ability to turn into a giant ferocious fire breathing dragon, uh, but didn't tell her how to change back <laughs> at first. She had to kind of figure that out over the course of a couple years until she came back to her village as, and discovered that bandits had already killed everyone in her village. So she basically just spent the next few years wandering around as various animals. That's the explanation he, she gave to him. What we really discover is that she might be an eldritch trickster god impersonating a person. Okay. <laughs> because when some uh, when eventually uh, by capturing Blackheart, uh, the actual villains, which is like this medieval. Uh, science research group uh, try to extract stuff from her to figure out how her powers work. Um, Okay. I I missed this. I skipped a step earlier. Golden loin gets one brief minimal success against Nimona where he manages to injure her, Mm. uh, which turns out to be a bad thing because she then turns into a giant lizard made out of fire. Uh, yeah, okay. And kills, like, a hundred people. Mm. As you do. Yeah. And to the best of my knowledge, it's a, when they when they finally try to talk about what Nimona actually is, to the best of my understanding, she appears to be impersonating a girl who actually exists named Nimona, but is actually, like, some sort of eldritch god thing. Hmm. Because when, uh, but the shape and the shape shifting thing is not actually shape shifting, and this is the weird magical mechanics of it. Apparently, her powers allow her to essentially destroy her own body and reform it into whatever she wishes. Is how her shape shifting works. So it's not like changing. It's mm. I don't know how to describe that exactly in terms of just transforming, maybe. It's teleportation, right. but you come out the other end in the same spot as something else. I guess. I don't know how else to describe it, because... Um, it's like the fly, but faster? Maybe. Because um, the, science, the science people, in their infinite stupidity, uh, take some blood from her, and since her power is in every cell in her body, uh, a giant lizard of flame comes out of the blood. So she's the thing? No, because she can't infect anything. She just, like can change into whatever she wants and seems to have limitless abilities whenever she whatever she changes into. So she so she is a situationally shitter, situationally better version of the thing? 
I guess. <laughs> okay, I need to read this. This this Yeah. Sounds like something but, for me. Yeah, but because of this, however briefly, whatever the human that the god was imitating is appeared to have is now a separate being, however briefly, and it's like they are aware of each other, they know what each other are, but they are separate beings currently. So Blackheart tries to get Golden Loin to help him kill the go- kill the god in the hopes that that would leave Nimona basically human again because he likes her. He's very he considers her a close friend. Uh, Nimona takes the knowledge that uh, he planned a way to kill off her powers as like a threat against her because it technically kind of is and so it from looks of things they do manage to kill the god but then you know self-destruct self-destruct button in evil person's base goes off and from all indications to most people it appears she is dead along with the eldritch god but it's i think she still has her shape-shifting powers because after all this quiets down blackheart's now a hero and is being treated at the royal hospital a nurse comes in asking about his vitals and saying, well, at least you killed the monster. He says she was not a monster. At which point the nurse leaves, Golden Loin, uh, the same nurse comes in saying, have I checked your vitals? Like, wait, weren't you just here? No, I literally just got on shift. Wait, who drew this? Is this a shark? (laughs) (laughs) So is the book like done? Yeah, it's done. It's all collected in a tin, in a, in a, as a paperback, two hundred, two hundred uh, page paperback, huh? But it's a web comic, so you should be able to find it online. Right, okay. and I mean, it's the art from Lumberjanes, and I love the art from Lumberjanes, and yep. it's just used like Lumberjanes is for eldritch, horrifying shit, and all of the feels. <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk about Lumberjanes again at some point. I fucking love Lumberjanes. I had to read Lumberjanes at some point. I've been meaning to. Yeah. So definitely biggest. It's a, it's, it's a toss up for me. Uh, like none of the art in Nimona is as visually stunning as the stuff in Promethea, but for what's purpose, it works. Like it's genuinely horrifying when you see this just giant green lizard of fire eating and killing people. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and that sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys have fun. Uh, I guess one last thing. I heard that uh, Jason Aaron is taking over Avengers, and that yeah, giant She Hulk. Hopefully, that doesn't suck. (laughs) But I guess we'll find out. So later, guys. Later, dude. Later, man. Yeah, I'm excited for Jason Aaron on Avengers. Yeah. All right, so shall we continue? Yeah, now that the buzzkill's gone. <laughs> now the real fun can start now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we didn't get to yeah. talk about it at the top because of, you know, Birdie here and having to leave. But New Doomsday Clock came out. Yes. Issue three. Did. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about it last time because I kind of forgot about it, but I hadn't read it yet. But yeah, Doomsday Clock three. This is... I think so far I like this one the best. Interesting. Because I was going to say I thought I liked this one the least. Oh. Huh. 
That's very weird. Okay, but go on. Yeah, tell me why you liked it. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I just thought I liked it least out of all three so far for whatever reason. So the thing I kind of really liked about it was I liked Mime and Marionette going out doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we actually I like get, them. We actually get like an explanation as to how as to why Mime is the way he is, which is he is all his shit is invisible. Mm-hmm. Like, he has an invisible gun, he has invisible knives, so it looks like he's miming stuff, but he actually is holding a physical gun. Mm-hmm. Which, I just like that. That was, it's like a, yeah. it's a small, stupid thing, but it's a small, stupid thing that builds this character that I really fucking love. Yeah, like, when he actually ends up shooting somebody, what it looks like he's got nothing, but you can visibly kind of see it slightly, like, it is pretty cool, because the people kind of catches them unexpectedly, and they're like, look at this fucking yeah, idiot. look at this fucking dumbass, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing that just explodes. <laughs> right, yeah. No, it's a nice touch, I agree. And, and, I'm st- and I really like, I'm really starting to like Marionette as a character, like, she has a, mm-hmm. she has an energy about her that I'm finding really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like she, just her, her little wire cooking. shit is just fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, we see her in the fight, uh, like uh, like Mime blows a dude's head off. Then somebody else comes at him, shoots him in the fucking head, throws a knife into a dude's neck. And then she just starts like clapping. She's like, hey, everything's happening. Wire comes out. She cuts yeah. a portion of a dude's face off. <laughs> I know. It's like cuts a, a it's guy's like... gun in half. <laughs> Cuts, yeah. cuts part of his arm off. Like, we well, got pretty eyes. Then just like fucking wire into the eyes that then transitions into a fucking like plane on the, on a bottle of a fucking thing of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that scene in particular was very well done. But I just really and, fucking enjoyed uh, that. Yeah, uh, and we also get more of an explanation. And we get a, and we get a bit of a backstory on new Rorschach. Right. Yeah, Rorschach was in New York and either saw the squid or was one of the people that was psychically attacked by the squid. Yeah, well, I think that character that they sh- that you find out that he is was in the original Walk Watchmen. Um, I think there's a little kid. I think he's a kid at that time in Watchmen, but I think he basically just picked the kid out that was in well, Watchmen. Well, no, in well, no, like like we see we see his backstory, and it is he is driving a car, and then the fucking squid hits. Okay, I thought he had some sort of connection to Watchmen, where he was maybe um, in actually Watchmen, and that's how we were supposed to like. Uh, w- no, no, most most of Watchmen stuff that actually took place in New York that wasn't about our characters focused on the fucking focused on like Times Square. Okay, we didn't we didn't see a lot of shit in the Manhattan Bridge. Yeah, I know that's why I didn't get the reveal. I thought maybe there was something where he kind of showed up in Watchmen, and I just didn't uh, were you thinking he was it? one of the Bernards? Okay, I I just thought there had to be some sort of like he had to be somebody from Watchmen. Like I just didn't understand because when he kind of revealed himself, I'm like, who is that? Like you know what I mean? Like I I know they had, I know I understood they they showed him. Yeah. I just didn't know who he, what the significance of that character was. There like, wasn't really was any, right? And that's what was kind of disappointing for me because I I thought. It was subtle, but at the same time, it was like, well, who is this guy then? Like, because the way they, I thought he would have been somebody is all I'm saying. Yeah, like, for me, we, I actually kind of like yeah. that. I like that he wasn't just, I was, I like that he wasn't. Yeah. It, it was, it wasn't the fucking like years later movie sequel version of who new Rorschach is. We're like, oh, he was actually fucking original Rorschach's cousin or whatever. Yeah. No, or like, you're oh, right. Rorschach, or like, or Rorschach, Rorschach beat the shit of me one night in an alley for being black. But then I was like, oh, that dude's really cool. Hmm. Because old Rorschach was terrible. <laughs> but no, it was 
I like that he was just a guy, kind of a guy who was kind of driven insane by the events of Watchmen. Because mm-hmm. like that's something that we never actually got a look at in Watchmen or anything. Like we we know we, we didn't get anything afterwards, but we didn't we didn't really get anything after Watchmen until this. And I kind of like that because the because like for those that remember, fucking. Osmandius' plan in Watchmen was drop the squid, the squid's another fucking psychic blast that hits everybody who is kind of psychic. Mm-hmm. And then they all get fucking glimpses of this giant alien world that the squid comes from that it wants to fuck us. And I was always right. one, and I'm, I was curious, like, how would that actually affect people? Like, if all of a sudden, like, one-tenth of their Earth population got fucking images of horrible butthole creatures from beyond the stars... Like coming over, like coming over, and just raping all of us. What effect would that have on people? Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that, like, oh yeah, it drove one dude like legitimately insane, and he becomes a new Rorschach. I buy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually as you were talking, I actually uh, just looked it up because I was, uh, there is a couple of theories but they're both dead ends apparently because I guess again people are curious to see if, if he was somebody there's two black people I guess they, they showed up showed up in Watchmen they said at certain parts uh, apparently some kid that was uh, smoking I guess that uh, interacted with Rorschach but they both ended up getting vaporized by yeah. the attack in Watchmen 11. Yeah, it's so, kind of, yeah, yeah, so, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of hard to like actually pin any of that down because anybody who would have interacted with our main characters got nuked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in retrospect, you know, you're right. You're right. Um, it is kind of cool that like if he isn't anybody, then it's actually better off than it being somebody in yeah, a like, big reveal. Like Rorschach just, kinda Rorschach as a person kind of doesn't matter. Like fucking whatever Kovacs, Edward Kovacs, whatever the fuck his name was. Right. That guy doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think that probably definitely played into how I kind of took the issue though, because I almost was half expecting that it was going to be someone significant only because the way they kind of showed you his hand only at first. It's like, okay, well, he's a black guy. We know this now. Okay, what black guy could he be? You know what I mean? Like, And so yeah. the way they rolled out that reveal, I can't not say I was, dis- I was somewhat disappointed, I guess, by the fact that it didn't. But you're right. The whole idea that he didn't turn out to be anybody essentially really has – it doesn't have any impact on the story whatsoever. It's just, it just, it, it, for me, I was kind of just taken aback by that. Yeah, and like even but, the reveal of his fucking face wasn't like wasn't like treated with any kind of pomp or circumstance. Mm, like if, no. this, if this was somebody important, it would be like it would be like you know we get the fucking panel of him reach up to take off the mask and then just a shot from behind as he takes it off and then a, and then a panel of like people reacting to who it is then cut to full page spread of his face. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, it's just panel mask on. Like one panel, mask on. Second panel, take the mask off. Third panel, mask off. Mm. And then we get him and go into the shower as he begins shampooing his head so hard he begins bleeding. Right. Because again, <laughs> he's like Rorschach, fucking insane. Yeah. Can we talk about? Because um, I know that you and Bertie uh, have mentioned it before, and I think uh, prime. I think historically, I don't think you guys are fans of Gary Frank, really. Right? Is that correct? Am I right uh, in saying Gary that or Frank. no? Frank. I don't remember the name. Isn't that who's drawing this? Or are you joking right now? <laughs> no, I. Yeah, Gary Frank. Okay, yeah, no, I, no, I, I like him well enough. Okay, maybe Birdie said it at one point. Anyways, 
this is some of the best Gary Frank art I've seen, though. Oh, hell yeah. This, like, that, that was one of the things. This, yeah, this is great. Yeah, that, great that's art. another one of the things that I fucking really loved about this is just he. Yeah. So much more expressive about everything. Mm. And like, yeah. yeah. The, and like, yeah, the shit with like fucking comedian, that was stupid and obviously was going to happen, but also fucking pointless and terrible. That that's the thing that bugged me the most about this issue. Yeah, but I, like, but like I that that there was essentially a more like that bit was essentially a more heightened version of what I basically feel about the series to begin with. Right, but up to this point, there was no big indication that he was essentially going to be changing the narrative of what happened in Watchmen. It was so far, it was Jeff Johns version of Watchmen continuing the story with the characters we knew. Now this essentially said, oh, you know that moment when you thought Comedian died? He didn't. You know what I mean? Like that kind of... I don't think it was that. I think it was just Comedian's perception of events because like, like from what we saw, Watchmen still happened the way it happened. I know, but and he's then, still alive and he didn't die in Watchmen, no, I think, which no, I we think, thought. I think the way that's describing it is that he did die, but then Doc Manhattan brought him back in the new timeline or whatever. Didn't he, like, open up a fucking portal or something that he felt like, before he hit the ground? Isn't that what happened? I am up going happening? to double like, check. Yeah, because I thought that's what ended up happening. Like, he was falling. And, yes, we didn't see the body in Watchmen, but I believe what had happened was be- as he was falling... Dr. Manhattan, I thought, transported him. He said, either in the narrative, if they, if they didn't show it, but I thought, essentially, that's what he said when he came back, if I'm not mistaken. And that uh, is the thing that kind of bugged me. Again, I'm still going to read it. It just... It, it, and I'm not sacred to Watchmen, because I didn't care about reading this, because I, I, I'm enjoying it. But that, in particular, I was like, eh, kind of a strange choice to make. Like, it's now you are essentially almost changing what had happened, even though nothing changes in that story, Watchmen. Like, for all we know, he did die in that. Okay, but in so this, here he is. At, so, looking at it... Uh, so, gets thrown out of the window. Right. It's falling down, sees the button, then it does this weird, like, fucking chop panel thing over to the over, the sidewalk, turns to black. Then it, then it does that in reverse as he then is falling into a lake. Mm-hmm. He then washes up on shore where, where Doc Manhattan shows up, drops the button, then cut back to him fighting fucking Osmandius in Luther's place. Mm-hmm. And that's all we get. Yeah, I think he sa- he saved him. I think, as far as I know, like that's, no, like we that's fucking not- we we saw it. like we didn't see the body, but people saw the body. Hmm. It's strange. It's just it's a strange choice. Like I understand Doctor Manhattan can do whatever the fuck he wants because he's Doctor Manhattan. Like, but he he controls like space and time. Like that's cool and all, but it's just like. I don't know. I, I just thought it was a strange choice to make, like, to bring him, like, back because he wanted to write comedian. Like, it's almost as if, like, yeah, I, how, how can I make this work where I can bring this I'm not character sure, back? Yeah. I'm not sure why that I, I'm not sure why that is happening. That is just weird to me. Yeah. But that's, that it, was my big nitpick with this. Other than that, I thought it was good, but that's the only thing yeah. I didn't really truly enjoy about this. I think. And then we also got, I'm assuming like some kind of equivalent of the fucking pirate story with this fucking yes, John Law exactly. movie with Johnny Thunder. Yeah, and the character that's actually in the TV show that they're watching is actually a character that was in the DC universe. Nathaniel Dusk. Yeah, yeah, it was actually I think written by um, what the fuck is his name? Um, 
as he wrote Batman for a while. There is a writer, if I Google it, there's a writer that wrote him. Uh, Denny O'Neill, I think, wrote him, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh, I heard. I, from the looks of it, uh, Nathaniel Dusk. Uh, he was. Uh, there were two miniseries from DC Comics back in the 80s written by Don McGregor. Okay, so wrong person. Yeah, so yeah, so he is an actual character, so I thought that was cool. Like if he's going to make his own pirate version, yeah, that's neat. Like I actually like yeah, that. Like, and, that yeah, and like and like in the back of it, we actually did see a there was like a Watchmen style like magazine article mm-hmm. about the fucking fall of John Law or the fuck the guy the guy who wrote the movie was. Mhm. Yeah, he no, I liked a murderer. I I liked all that. Like I, I liked like, hey, the whole fucking I, fucking Johnny Thunder. Mhm. I I've been waiting for him to fucking come back since the goddamn rebirth issue. <laughs> Just he fucking showed up screaming fucking whatever his goddamn magic word is. Mm-hmm. And then nothing. Until this. Oh man. Yeah, so I I've still and uh, you know, that's great. I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it from what I'm hearing cuz I I've and and this also is the only issue I think I haven't – I think of the first two I actually read twice because there is a lot to absorb and actually appreciate in this. Yeah. It, it's, it's been – this I didn't. So maybe it is, I should go back and reread this prior to the next one because the disappointing part about talking about this right now is they announced it's going to be fucking bi-monthly now. Fucking uh, which, God. Yeah. Yeah. Which is – so which means that this is going to take another fucking like almost two years to wrap up with the way it's going because there's what's uh, – nine issues left? It's supposed to be 12? Yeah. Like and a watchman yeah so that's gonna take uh yeah almost fucking two years to wrap up now from Fuck, this point on god damn it yeah it's annoying because now i'm invested and now it's gonna take even longer and i knew that he was gonna be able to keep up the schedule but this is the work of it i'm of two minds one this is the probably the work of gary frank's career because this is the best i've seen him in a long time yeah and then the other one I, it's like i i would like to see that but i don't want to fucking wait like two years for this whole story now either. yeah and like so, two years will fuck this story up yeah so, but like even even reading it month to month, like a story that is this fucking dense and having two months between each issue. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the news. I, I think they announced it a little while ago. That Fuck it's me. Now by monthly, yeah. So it's kind of disappointing, but it, it has it's been pretty solid so far. I've, I have also enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that the I'm sure by next issue I'll be over it. But that comedian thing. I liked how the bat. I liked how Batman. He, how he wrote that whole part, though. He's like, "Oh yeah, you're fucking crazy," and he like, yeah, he just, him to the jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like, like me- remembering last issue that came out fucking yes. nine years ago. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Rorschach eats Batman's breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> and then heads down to the Batcave where he meets Batman, and and he's like, "Hey, read this." Hands him Rorschach's journal. Goes upstairs, mm-hmm. has a fucking shower. And then, and then Batman comes up. Yo, I found Doc. I found Doc Manhattan. Let's go. And then throws him in the Joker's cell or something. <laughs> yeah, he takes him to Arkham. And he's just like, oh, here he's you like, go. Yeah, you belong here. <laughs> because he. So that was clever. I thought on Jeff Johns' part because he obviously knew everyone expected because they've been talking about it even before this. Even when this was announced, everyone's like, oh. Rorschach's gonna be Batman, obviously, because like I guess they're the most kind of characters that you would think would meet up, like because they're kind of similar. Yeah, pe- I guess. yeah. People have forgotten about motherfucking Vic Sage, so they're like, they're like, yeah, Rorschach is Batman, and Night Owl is also Batman, right? Um, so, so people were saying that to begin with. So he kind of took 
everyone's expectations and yeah. that they're going to team up or something. And then Which he gives them the, of course they fucking would. <laughs> right, right. And he gives him the journal and he and, and, and which I thought was weird. He's like, "Oh yeah, just here, feel free, take a nap in my home." And then, like and then like and then, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, um Alfred. Uh, Alfred, yeah, thank you. Brings him like, like "Shall you know, I do your pillows. laundry for yeah. you, sir?" <laughs> and uh you know, he has a nap. And then, and because then, Batman's taking fucking forever to read his journal, yeah. And then, and then he wakes up and he's like, "I read your journal. Come with me." Yeah, I know, I know where Doctor Manhattan is. They sneak into Arkham, and Rorschach gets super bummed out that he's not the only one with the fucking grappling hook launcher. Yeah. And then, and then, and then he basically is like, "Wow!" He's like, he's just like, "I've just read the readings of a rambling man." Yeah, he just like yeah, locks him in Arkham. You're fucking crazy. You belong here. To which Rorschach's immediate response is, "I will kill you and gouge your eyes out." No, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, I, I did love that ending. I was like, "That's pretty. That's pretty awesome." Because I, I fully thought, "Oh, they've met now. Here we go. They're gonna both investigate this thing." Which you know, I mean, no, the goddamn way. <laughs> fucking yeah. Rorschach is a murderous psychopath, and Batman right. is only a psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He he has morals. <laughs> yeah, he's alive. If he met Rorschach, he would immediately beat the shit out of him. <laughs> so so yeah, I did enjoy that. I thought that was that was my favorite part of the issue, other than like you said, the fight sequence. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I guess there just wasn't a l- enough. Um, I don't know why I like this one the least. To be honest, I think it, it really was the comedian thing because that just rubbed me the wrong way. But yeah, I'll, and, I'll get over it. And for me, and for me, that was kind of like just a moot point. Just it didn't okay. really didn't really like tip the right. scale in any real direction. Yeah, and then that fucking fight. Oh yeah, and then the fucking yeah. interaction with Batman. I think that's kind of yeah. what I liked about it. It wasn't so much that it, it, like with the other issues. With the other issues, like I said, they were a bit much. Yeah, they were building up quite a bit. You're right. Yeah. So and then with was... this, and then with this, it is just it's almost like a calm so, down. Just like hey, we got people in their situation. Now yeah. let's see where we're going from here. Yeah, let's just like, show I, I am re- some solid I am, scenes. I am really yeah. looking forward to seeing fucking Mime and Marionette take on the Joker. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen, yeah. Yeah, because, like, Marionette just said, all right, let's find out who the fuck this Joker asshole is. Right, right. I do like also the idea, again, it's an obvious comparison that the two had almost met up there between b- before the comedian interrupted, but the Lex Luthor... Um. Uh. What's his name? Ozymandias. Um, Ozymandias. That that makes perfect sense to me. That, that oh, fucking of course. Those. Yeah, that's. It's almost. It's almost. Yeah, that's meant to be that it, those two kind of join up somehow. Um. Yeah. So, I, but again, he teased you with it, but he didn't go full. He didn't go fully there yet. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like he 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 kind of brought you there, but he didn't basically give you like everything at this moment, which I think is great with the pacing because this is again going to be a twelve issue series, right? So, yeah. Um, and yeah, then, so and they also they also give a, and they also give a bit more of a fucking. Let's give a bit more of an explanation as to what the hell the Superman theory is. Right. Yeah, the Superman theory. Uh, they don't. They don't fill out explain what it is, but they do. They do like give an explanation of kind of what it is, which is essentially a thing that is trying to answer the question: Why are ninety-seven percent of the world's metahumans American? Mm-hmm. Which. I never thought about it before, but that is actually kind of a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just fucking 
99.9% of fucking comics are set in America and set around their fucking major metropolitan cities, and all of them just seem to be there. Mm. Aside from the one or two characters that they introduce to go, oh, hey, there's stuff happening elsewhere in the world, like Batman Inc. Yeah. Or, or new Superman. Batman. Yeah, exactly. New Superman, yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, the great tenor out there fucking doing shit. What about the rest of the world? Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, there are ideas here. It is still... This whole series still kind of like marred under the under like the under like two different clouds. One of them being what the world is right now, and the other one being why the fuck are you doing this, DC? Mm-hmm. But like even books that are still like even books that you don't understand why they exist can still do decent things. Yeah, and what I've been most impressed by, uh, like I said, mentioned earlier by this so far, is that it has actually rewarded you, I think, with the multiple rereads, or at least kind of just focusing on a lot of the events that are unfolding as they have so far. Like because I think I I think it's been pretty well put together, and, and as you can tell, I I also did enjoy this issue. Just I thought it was just the weakest out of the three, but that's high praise because I thought all three issues have been pretty solid so far for an event like yeah. this big, right? Like it's been it's been good. It's been really good so far, and and like I said, Gary Frank's been doing a good job, and. Jeff Johns hasn't been Jeff Johnsing it up as much as I thought he might have might so far. But, yeah, like, uh, like, like he's yeah. actually been able to keep his like weird fanboy baiting tendencies at right. bay, right? Because because like again, if he had been doing this full hog, then fucking Rorschach would have been the other Bernard or something. Right, and that's why I appreciated that scene because I was like, "Oh, here's the team up," and and no, he yeah, didn't like, do that. It's like, guess what? Like, it's this character that you all forgot yeah. about, but kind of like. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I, I don't doubt that they'll meet again and they'll resolve this by the end of the series. But at oh, yeah. least he kind of, you know, he didn't give it, give that away right, like right this moment. Yeah, like, you know end what I mean. Like it'll happen. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's gonna be, it's gonna be get to the end, and then fucking Rorschach's gonna try to murder Batman. <laughs> and then a, pa- yeah. and then a fucking passing redheaded child like saves the day. It's like, what's your name, kid? My name's Vic. Vic Sage. I think it just makes sense. Like, of course he would be in fucking Arkham of Asylum he fucking in this would. world. Yeah, yeah, it makes There's sense. There's no fucking question. Perfect. Rorschach is a goddamn lunatic. Yeah. I mean, he was already in prison in Watchmen, right? Like, he yeah. went to prison. Well, well, but like, there, uh, well, there was a bit of a difference there. In Watchmen, it, in Watchmen, there was also, like, the law that you can't be a, like, can't be a vigilante. Hmm. Like, yeah, anybody, no, anybody who was a mass superhero just was immediately arrested or murdered. Yeah, but you could just see, like, the... <laughs> Like the mental issues. He oh no! Had in oh no! Rorschach's Wor- <laughs> like just... entire character was his mind is broken. Yeah, yeah. Like he and he was, you know, he was an he was easy also, mark. Yeah, he was also like super racist. Yeah, and sexist and horrible about everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so this this has been good. Yeah. Surprisingly, Which, uh, yeah. I was about to say this is probably it's fucking <laughs> shocking. List- Listeners are probably like, oh, they are not bashing in the new event. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> weird, right? And actually, let me move on to the next event that I'm not going to be bashing. The Milk Wars. Not reading this. Go on. Yeah, I've heard. Um, this is the Young Animal. Yeah, thing, this is right? the Young Animal yeah. mainline DC crossover. Okay, please. Yeah. Yeah, Light so me. so far, three. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so far, the three lead-in issues are out. Mm-hmm. That will then be leading into... Um, yeah, the first, the first one was a JLA Doom Patrol special, then it was Mother Panic Batman, and then it was Wonder Woman Shade the Changing Girl. 
Okay. That will then that will, that will then lead into Doom Patrol JLA. Ooh. Which I believe okay. is the last part of this fucking story. Right. So Retcon. Retcon okay. Retcon is a company in Doom Patrol that works to write realities and manipulate realities in such a way that they can market them as good entertainment. <laughs> That's clever. It is led uh, by a, it is led by a man called the Disappointment. Is that supposed to be like Dan DiDio? <laughs> uh, no, he is supposed to be a character. Like so, so the design of it. So this this guy is actually kind of my favorite design of any fucking DC Comics character because it is huh. the design of the most fucking nineties Edge Lord space character you've ever thought of. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but he's entirely white with a copyright withheld stamp on him. <laughs> I but, gotta like, Google like, an image of this guy right now. Yeah, like, like disappointment. Yeah, the disappointment. Okay. Yeah, what? Yeah, what he is is he is he is a character that used to exist, but then the company lost the rights to publish him, so now he doesn't actually. Now he doesn't exist anymore. Really. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can find an image of him. Uh, Maybe I'll just Google Melkor's disappointment. You know, just Doom Patrol disappointment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see him here. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm seeing, like, this panel with him. He's got the cape, like, uh, flying around, and he's holding it. He's, like, throwing his arm up in the air. Yeah. (laughs) The disappointment. They just withheld due to copyright. (laughs) That's awesome. That's clever. That is. Yeah. That is one of the most Grant Morrison moves I can think I can I think I can think of. Is Gerard Way also writing this one or yeah, yeah. somebody? Well, I think I think so for at least a chunk of uh, it. At least for this JLA um, Doom Patrol one for sure because he writes Doom Patrol. Yeah, let me just see. Yeah. Oh, ooh, uh, Steve Orlando and Gerard Way. <laughs> I seen that. Oh, because he's because he's writing Justice League. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I think that's more of a Gerard Way move, though, that one. That's, that just screams, like, uh, Morrison. That's interesting. Yeah, so... Huh. Yeah, This so, looks good. Yeah, so in this, um... Yeah, so in this, uh, Retcon is pitching a reality to Lord Manga Khan. Okay. Uh, and it's pitching this reality where they have homogenized everything in order to make it a... In order to make it as pleasing to everybody as possible. And they've done this through milk. Okay, yes. Superman in this world is now Milkman Man. Right, which is why I see him on the cover here. Is that yeah? Yeah, who flies from who flies from like house to house delivering milk, and if you don't drink it, he forces you to drink it. <laughs> and that and that you know alters everybody's reality so that they become who Retcon wants them to be. Hmm. Like in like in this world, uh, the Just League of America in Happy Harbor is now the Community League. They're the neighborhood watch. Mm-hmm. It's Vixen. It's Lobo. It's fucking Killer Frost. It's the Atom. It's Ray, and all of them dressed like fucking nineteen fifties. Leave it to Beaver motherfuckers. <laughs> so then the Doom yeah. Patrol screech in and Danny the ambulance. Yes, where they're like, okay, this is fucking weird. Head inside, head inside one of the houses uh, where they find a bunch of people fucking knock the fuck out after being force-fed milk. And inside they find what looks like a – it looks like a 
zebra that got turned inside out. Okay. Who is one of their grandmothers. One of the people who lives their grandma. So they call the neighborhood patrol, and then Lobo shows up, who is clean-shaven, nice haircut, wearing a cardigan, <laughs> smoking a pipe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very wholesome. Wholesome yeah. Lobo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they get into a big-ass fucking fight. Everybody's just fucking going nuts. And the only way to really stop it is for Crazy Jane to call up one of her other personalities to bring to light the fact that they're comic book characters. So they can remember what they're meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. And we see the backstory that has been like actually rewritten in some of these dudes' minds. Like with uh, like a Superman. He his planet he lived alone, he lived on fucking Krypton, that got blown up, got sent to Earth, but then he landed in the fucking back but they landed in like the backyard of a milk farmer who instilled in him the idea that everybody needs to drink their milk. <laughs> this sounds great. I gotta read yeah, this. Yeah, we then move on to the Mother Panic Batman story, where, yeah. so in Mother Panic, like the backstory for, the origin story for Mother Panic is that she was sent to this fucking school where they train fucking murderers or assassins or whatever. She right. broke out and burned the place to the ground. She then heads back and finds out that the place is still up and now running again heads inside and she sees that a bunch of kids are now dressed up as Robin because Batman has become a priest who worships milk I guess yeah it's Batman in it's Batman with like the Batman cowl and the Batman cape but from the neck down it is a priest outfit okay <laughs> and he's essentially taking like all the like, he's essentially taking like broken children uh, feeding them milk and then putting them into this machine that re that rewrites their memories to give them a to give them a better backstory, so that they aren't sad about so they aren't sad about their horrible lives anymore. Like one of the, like and like the way it worked for Batman was like oh his parents died and he's hanging out one day and then all of a sudden Alfred busts through his window with a glass of milk <laughs> instead of a bat. Your milk, sir. Yeah, it's like here, yeah, sir, drink this. It'll make everything be it'll make everything feel better. And then he does it, and then fucking yeah. Uh, turns out the nun that was working with him was made of milk and glass. So Mother Panic breaks her, and then all the milk pours out of Batman and it becomes Batman again. Then takes all the children home, and Mother Panic gets her own Robin. There's a kid for who, for who from her book, she's apparently been saving over and over again, mm. and and uh, just and and then um, and she ends up like. She says, like, hey, I want to be your sidekick. Like, you keep saving me. You're my hero. I I want to help you. I want to help you do shit. And she's like, no, fucking kid. Just go be a kid. God damn it. But kid's like, my parents are dead. So she's already, like, first step out, push foot in the door. She's going to be a fucking superhero. Mm. And then we have the Wonder Woman and Shade the Changing Girl. So in this homogenized reality, Wonder Woman is Wonder Wife. Okay. The bestest wife to Steve Trevor. She hangs out at home. She bathes in milk. Her baby is a dustbuster. <laughs> okay. And there are like seven different shade changing girls who are all hanging out and working as the emotional support to Wonder Wife. Mm-hmm. And like and like it's the each one of them, each one of the girls is wearing a different color dress. And each one has a different prominent emotion, so it's like inside out, but with Wonder Woman and Shade the Changing Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
This one is the one that makes the least sense. Yeah. Because well, I'm not 100% sure what is actually happening because there are fucking like five – because there are seven different characters all with the same face. And there's a lot of tight like neck up shots so we can't see what dress they're wearing. And then also just Shade herself is fucking insane. Yeah, that's how I felt about the main Shade, the Change Girl series. I uh, I didn't stick with that one. That one was a little too yeah. – too, too much for me. And the thing tying all these stories together is that eventually every one of the characters finds Cave Carson's robotic eye. Okay. That then pulls them into the reality where they need to go fight some horrible evil. Right. Yeah, they yeah Cave Carson found the retcon headquarters. Okay. And is like, yep, we're going to go fuck these dudes up, bros. And it's going to be great. Uh, sounds like a, a fun kind of crossover event between all these books. And it sounds like they're making it work. Yeah. And at the end of all of them, there is a another story that's kind of happening throughout. Okay. That I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, uh, like a B, like a B plot type thing, like a, a like thing that a, will eventually lead to a spinoff title. Oh, okay. So like a new young animal book, maybe. Yeah, it is going to be a new young animal book for like six issues, I think. Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read the, um, I'm just gonna read like the little box introducing this thing. Perhaps okay. the strangest creation of George Sumner, the formless girl, debuted in the birth. Yeah. In The Birth of the Formless Girl in, in 1956's Astounding Tales number 32, originally conceived as a horror character, Sumner was forced by his editors to fit the character of Carolyn Sharp into the increasingly popular science fiction her- superhero mold. Still, Carolyn Sharp would never stray too far from Sumner's original idea, a monster movie heroine struggling to maintain her humanity. And then it's essentially a two-page story about – a two-page story about a uh, fucking – 1950s style sci-fi sci-fi heroine becoming a horrible monster. Okay. I, yeah, I looked it up here. Ah, this is going to be the precursor to, yeah, Eternity Girl. Yeah, written by, uh, Matt, written by Magdalene Visagio and Sunny, with art by Sunny Liu. Ooh, I like, I like him. He's good. Okay, yeah, so Eternity Girl's like the, uh, they had an Eternity Man, um, What's his name? Grant Morrison did, actually, back in the day for Vertigo. So that makes sense. Yeah, and so each issue, so at the end of each issue, uh, there's another little two-page bit telling a different story about fucking Carolyn Sharp. Like, getting into the Mother Panic one, uh, it is, getting into the Mother Panic one, it is a superhero dude gets murdered by the villain from that first story. And then Carolyn Sharp just eats her. Hmm. <laughs> That's strange. Yeah, I I don't know. This is the most young animal fucking thing I think I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I I I uh I said the wrong name. It's Kid Eternity. That's that's the character uh, Grant Morrison did. He but did I don't actually own. know if it is because like looking at her and what she can do, this is not what Kid Eternity did. No, that's what I mean. I thought maybe because of the obvious Eternity name and the fact that it was a Vertigo title, maybe that's what this was, a spinoff of. But yeah, I don't know. It doesn't – maybe it's its own thing. Huh. Okay. 
Are you at least interested by these two page backups to kind of check that out when it comes or no? uh, like it's I mean probably Yeah like I've yeah, like I've been mean I've, I've been keeping an eye on young animal and what they're doing Yeah like yeah I've tr- I've given everything a shot uh the two that I'm I've stuck with are Doom Patrol and Mother Panic I uh, I stuck with Doom Patrol and Cave Carson See this I, I I just read the second volume of Cave Carson, the paperback. I didn't like the second arc as much as I liked the first because I was on board with that as well. Mm-hmm. But I I just didn't let I didn't love that second arc for whatever reason compared to the first one. It kinda... Yeah. Meanwhile, I wasn't that hot on Mother Panic. Like I read that first issue and okay. wasn't that yeah. into it. Yeah, different strokes, I guess. Yeah. And actually, you know, actually, uh, that reminded me in the Mother Panic Batman crossover. Uh, yeah. In the fight, so. I don't know if this stayed throughout the entire series. But I remember in the first issue that when Mother Panic was fighting people, there would be like these intermittent panels of just weird shit. Mm. Just like, hey, we got this flower or we got this dead bird or something. Remember that? I remember that was in the first issue. I don't know if that carried. Oh, like the weird imaging. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um,. I can't recall because the first volume came out so long ago now. I'm trying to think if it did. I read it in paperback. Um, I think it did continue. Yeah, I'm pretty certain. Because, yeah, in this one, when she begins fucking fighting Batman or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we actually. So she punches Batman. There's a picture of some flowers in a milk in a milk vase. Mm-hmm. They go to punch her again. Then it's a her. Then, then it's a picture of a bird falling into a bowl of milk. As Batman oh. kicks from the gut. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I. What I liked about... I mean, obviously, I like the Batman connection because uh, she's part of Gotham. But I did like the fact that she was like a more of a younger teen. Not, well, not a teen, but like a younger like, socialite. Like, like mid-20s. Yeah, like a younger socialite who actually is going out there and hooking up with guys and acting like a drunk asshole and is actually doing that whole thing that Bruce Wayne was led to, you were led to believe was actually like for a while there, but they've kind of ventured away from that. And I thought this was kind of like their version of that, but with a woman and she's a little bit messed up just like Batman is. Like she definitely has like her own issues. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's so I, a bit more so violent I, and wearing like the weird fucking giant <clears throat> boxing so, gloves or whatever. Yeah. And she swears and all that. So like in terms of originality, it's not as original as the other young animal stuff, I would say. And it's a little bit more grounded than the others. Maybe that's why I kind of stuck with it. Doom Patrol, I love. Doom Patrol's the best one in my Doom opinion. Doom Patrol's amazing. Yeah. And the, yeah, like I said, the shade one, I, I just didn't, that wasn't that great, I thought. But, but yeah, I would try anything out young animal, um, has done so far. It's been really good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff. I'm definitely going to check this out when it gets collected. Milk Wars. Okay. I'm going to have to make a note of that. That's awesome. All right, well, there you go. Fuck two events that you talked about that were pretty, that have been good yeah. from DC. Nice. DC fucking, well, <laughs> I think this is more young animal putting in work. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is Gerard's way, uh, Gerard Way's vision uh, coming to life here. He's he's uh, he's done a good job. He's a surprisingly I, uh, interesting comic creator. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I didn't For expect some- that. Like, I didn't expect fucking musician no. turned a comic writer. No, absolutely not. Most people wouldn't give him a second look because of that, right? And neither would I have if if I didn't hear how great Umbrella Academy was. Yeah, it would, I, it would be, you know. Yeah, it would be, it would be like his fucking fans check out the book and then go like, oh, I don't really like comics. And then fucking, or like, yeah, essentially be, 
if this were if the story were to go more stereotypically, it would be fucking the first issue he releases. It gets fucking like gangbuster sales because all his fans are fucking going down to it. But then his fans are like, oh, wait, we don't read comics. And comic readers are like, oh, he's a fucking musician. I'm not going to read that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then he, then that, then that would and then his thing would unceremoniously be, unceremoniously be canceled. And then that's it. It would not be – he released two very popular graphic novels with a much anticipated third one. Then he was given his own fucking imprint at one of the biggest publishers in the world. Right. And not only that, take it one step further, uh, his his concepts and writing have been compared to arguably one of the best comic writers in Grant Morrison. And not only does he do some of the stuff justice, he also has his own approach and fucking originality and original ideas and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's dude. not only it's not only that – like, those are big fucking shoes to fill. To be compared yeah, as an acolyte to, like, Grant Morrison and actually bringing your own fucking stuff t- – to the forefront, like, and obviously taking and being influenced by Grant Morrison, but, yeah, but you know, like, it's it's good. Like, yeah, it's good yeah, stuff. He's, yeah. he's doing his own shit, like, like yeah. Doom Patrol does very much feel like a Grant Morrison book, but it is still his book. Yeah, it's not, more. Morrison's not writing it whatsoever. Like, yeah, so this is it, this is Gerard Way, top yeah. to bottom. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Like, fucking, good stuff. like, reading it right now, it's the main the main fucking plot thrust of the book is reality might be dying because because a because something is being born that is the child of nothing and nobody that's fucked up i'm not i'm not up to date because i that is what's happening I'm, yeah fucking trade waiting yeah casey was fucking casey's roommate okay started tap dancing Okay. That then ended up turning everybody into horrible flesh balloons because they were because they started eating shit, <laughs> which is some fucking thing that the Brotherhood of Nada put out into the world, as well right. as fucking retcon. Yeah, I mean that that brother is it is it isn't it Dada or is it, it was the, it was the Brotherhood of Dada in uh, in Grant Morrison that was Grant Morrison, but then right. nobody showed Dada. up. It's like we were the Brotherhood of Dada, but now the Brotherhood of Nada. Let's fuck this shit up, dog. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah, and so then fucking Lucius, the son of a former crazy Jane acolyte and Casey's EMT buddy, he he ended up being, he ended up joining the Brotherhood of Nada because he had magic shit. Uh, while they were fighting, while everybody was fighting, uh, the, that little family had their own connection, and then a demon goat appeared and said, yo, Lucius, you got real magic. Come come with me and we can fucking save the world. He's like, nah, dude. And goes like, fuck, fine. And then fucking Casey and Terry meet up. And Terry's like, oh, Casey, what's, what's good, girl? And then Terry's all of a sudden pregnant, about to give birth to Casey and Terry's kid. And Terry is appar- Terry apparently isn't a person. And Casey is a comic book character. That's fucked. So yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, a, no, in case yeah. you can't tell, this is Doom Patrol, motherfuckers. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying it's fucked uh, is a bad thing. Yeah. Oh no, I'm yeah. saying I'm telling yeah. that to the audience. I, oh yeah, <laughs> I know you're down. <laughs> I also actually got to check this out. I I, I miss reading this. Um, the Mike Allred Bug. That was the young animal bug. miniseries. Yeah, Bug, F- fucking Forager, right? Did Did you read that? Yeah, I is did. That- it I mean, it's weird. Mike Allred. I'm I'm there just because just for the art on that one. But, yeah, but it was um, also but it was also an Allred writing it too. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm not a fan of the Allred writing as much. That's but the thing. I'll, 
I'll still check it out. I'll give it a yeah. chance. But I also, yeah. I, but also think, I don't. I don't think it was Mike Allred writing. It was a different Allred because this was like yeah, this is a book with like three different Allreds on it. Yeah, yeah, Lee Allred. I'm I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, Lee Allred wrote it, which is um, oh man. Yeah, <laughs> and actually think about it now. That Mister Miracle book feels more like a young animal production. Yeah, yeah, it is very surreal and very yeah. That's true. That's been great still too. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff out there. Oh god, I think that took a lot out of me. <laughs> well, it's good to hear about things you enjoy for once. Because we, we, we don't get me wrong, we do talk about a lot of shit we hate on this show. We, we definitely do. Well, but. it's, it's kind of hard not to with the amount we read. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I mean, there is a lot of good quality stuff. Like we're in a, a point right now. I think that there's so much good stuff out there, but you do definitely have to wade through some of the shit to get to it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and actually, tonight will be will be the first night in a while that I only talk about books I like. That's good. I'm glad to hear that's awesome. <laughs> and uh, it was even harder because there's another book that I really want to talk about that I kind of really enjoyed that I didn't get a chance that I don't get a chance to talk about because no one picked it. Wow, that is rare. That's true. That's a good point. You had a big list today though, too. By the looks of I've it. been trying to catch up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh so, so you want to go who's going first here? Uh no, that that was my first pick. Oh, okay, right. Melkor's, right. Okay, so my turn. Yep. Uh, oh, I'm glad to hear it. That's great. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to talk about a book uh, I think we've still both been digging as well, uh, Detective Comics. Uh, the last time I was on, uh, a few weeks ago, I think, at this point, and um, we talked about uh, the Clayface being involved in Detective Comics and how that was going to eventually probably lead to his demise and looks like we were right <laughs> we've read enough we've read enough comics to predict how this uh, story was going to end and i just wanted to kind of retrace uh, i wanted to come back to this book and i mention it once again uh, because while i still think batman is my favorite of the bat titles if this makes any sense i look more forward to reading this lately like i i like I still, or sorry, Batman is the better book, I think, but yeah. this is the one I look more forward to reading for whatever reason. Like, um, this Clayface story I thought has, was great in particular. And it looked like at, at the end of this, what ended up happening, um, cause Clayface kind of lost control and they had to basically make a decision to try to learn how to take him down. Uh, Batwoman is now Persona uh, Grata. Uh, <laughs> she, she, uh, she fucking sniped him. Like, she got on top of a roof and made the executive decision to take him down because that's what her army training has taught her. And there was no way that they looked like they were going to actually end up ta- taking down, uh, Clayface. And, um, fuck, I always almost call her because Orphan, as she's now known. Um, you can just call her Cassandra well, Kane. Yeah, okay. That's what I'd rather call her. Uh, <laughs> but I almost called her Batgirl for a second there, too. Um, so Cassandra Kane, uh, she had a special relationship with Clayface, and she tried to, like, she was determined to help to bring him down and calm him down, which she succeeded in doing somewhat. Uh, when this moment was happening, though, of course, Batwoman is on a rooftop somewhere with him in her sights and she ended up shooting him and basically (sighs) yeah yeah and uh you know i've enjoyed james tinian's version of batwoman i did not 
love the Batwoman series they started just because I thought it was boring to be honest like when she kind of broke she broke off uh, away from this book I tried to read a couple issues that didn't dig it I read Um, three issues of it and gave up yeah yeah it just it just wasn't for me but I I have liked his uh, version uh, of her in this book like after she kind of launched in her own series she was away from this for a bit but now she's been back in this most recent art and she's been dealing with her father um, you know kind of being in the background uh, now kind of trying to advise her uh, because after the altercation with uh, him he was in prison for a little while but now yeah. he's and then the colony just... got him out yeah so now she's been kind of keeping him in hiding because you know at the end of the day he is her father and she still respects him even though she doesn't agree with all his uh, you know moves and yeah things that and he's... the colony still exists in some capacity yeah I think yeah no it, it is yeah it's it's definitely he's not operating within it right now like he's definitely put it on the back burner at this moment but i believe it's yeah still but there's thing. like that little hacker shit is still out there doing stuff yes which he actually shows up at the end of this issue in particular and it looks like it's gonna sh- the, sh- the focus is gonna shift back to him once again ah, uh, fuck that kid yeah I, I didn't love him either but he does show up at the end of the issue that was almost like the cliffhanger that they hung up in but the big part of this issue was batwoman comes down uh sees Cassandra Kane crying and she kind of just grabs her. She's like, why? Like he could have been good. He's like, he could be saved. Like, why did you do this? And they basically get into a fight and she grabs her and she rips the, uh, the bat symbol right off of her chest. And she basically, and then Batman's like, listen, um, you need to take a break. He's like, you're out of commission for like, he's basically like, you're done. Like, and then she's like, and she's trying to explain herself. And then come in comes Batwing and, uh, um, ripping off, uh, Cassie's bat similar. No, 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 no. Cassie rips off, um, Batwoman's okay. bat symbol. And, uh, and, uh, and then basically Tim basically is, you know, yelling at her as well. It's like, you know, we don't kill, we don't do that because basically he kind of dissolved away and died. It looks like, uh, and then Batwing flies down with, uh, Asriel and, uh, he's actually taking the approach that he kind of like, they're agreeing with her. They're like saying, yeah, you know, uh, she kind of made the only decision she can make there. I'm not necessarily like hold on now like i'm not necessarily disagreeing with it and and then like tim's like no there are lines we don't cross batwing he's like yeah is winning one of those lines and then and then basically you know Azrael's just getting in the middle of everyone trying to like calm everybody down it's like oh you know it's been tough for everyone let's just you know take a chill pill here and then, and then yeah basically you know batman's like no he's like if you want to leave with her you're welcome to do so we're done here and he basically just throws down the gauntlet. I was like, whoa. Like, he basically says, like, you're done. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. T- yeah. Yeah. yeah and, fuck that, and bitch. that was, yeah, which, that was stupid. Right. Right. Which is what exactly what you would expect him to do. And I just thought that was, it was just really well written and it felt like the characters. And I thought that James Tinian has all at the same time with all of them there had a great moment and had just had the voices down for like everybody and how that would have went down. So I thought, I really, I really thought that was a good job. Like he's really juggling all the Bat family in this very well, I thought. And, and, um, and then, and then you get a scene with uh, the doctor that had the, uh, the serum that was basically going to, help cure Clayface. Was that Leslie Thompson? No. We remember we thought it was Leslie Tompkins, but it was somebody else. Like it's another doctor, I think, that's that was helping him. Or maybe it is Leslie because because I remember we were talking about this and I thought it was somebody I think it, it might have be Leslie Tompkins. I'm looking at her right now. It might be her. Um double checking. So yeah. I thought it was somebody else, but Leslie Tompkins is in this book as well. 
I don't know if this is the person that was working with Clayface necessarily, though. Um. Anyways. So, Victoria October. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So I didn't think it was Leslie Tong. She is in the book, though. But she was, I think, in some earlier issues. Um. So she goes to see Mudface, or uh, and or Mudface comes to see her, and she's like, "Well, here, you know, Clayface is dead, so I'm gonna give you this. He wanted you to have this, anyways, because remember, he tried to give it to her and she refused. Uh, he's like, he wanted you to be cured. He's like, this is this is uh, what I'll do for you." And, and she, and she transforms back to herself right away. And she's like, Oh my God, you know, thank you for helping me. And, uh, and he's like, I'm doing this for his sake. He was a great friend I lost, not for you. And she's like really cunty with her. <laughs> like, she's like, she's like, you know, we're again, like, we're done here. Like, she's like, you're yeah, here now. She Batman you were, yeah. And she's just like, she's like, you know what? Um, I know what he did to you was horrible, but you should not have treated him like that towards the end. He's like, this man loved you and he tried you to help you. should not have joined a terrorist cell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she basically scolds her for every choice she's made in spite of everything that's happened and basically grabs her shit and takes off. <laughs> like, she just leaves her in the yeah. lab. She's like, I'm done. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. Peace. Yeah, so those two moments come out. I just thought it was an excellent wrap-up to this arc. And, um, and, and and yeah, and like I said, we were right. We did predict that this was probably the end of Clayface at this time. Um, I hope he does return at some point, if not as part of the team, at least oh, bat. Yeah. As you know, at least no, no, know, no, just the internet fucked up there for a bit. Oh, did we lose? Were we not recording? <laughs> uh, no, we were recording. It just, I don't think I got any of what you just said. It's fine. It's, oh, it should come out fine okay. In post. Okay. I was just basically just saying it was a good wrap up to the arc and I hope that, if we don't see Clayface now or as a part of the team again, that he at least pops back up in the Batman universe at some point. Um, so yeah, it'll be uh, six months. It'll be, Oh, he's, Oh, he's dead. He's really dead. And then pops up again six months later. And he's just a villain again. Just like, ah, fuckers. Yeah. None of the, ca- none of the character development I had over this course, of the series I mean, mattered. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if that does happen, uh, Cassie, I who's that bitch? Tri- Get fucked. <laughs> I always cherish this time when Clayface was part of the team and it actually was fun. I did enjoy it and uh, made me care about a character which I thought was not a footnote in his history, but not one of the rogues that I've read too many stories of. Yeah, so he was not really he was not one it. of the fucking all time greats. No, absolutely. No, no. For he sure was a, uh, he was just slightly above Clue Master. <laughs> No, come on. I mean, I would at least in the animated series. I thought he was a great character in the animated series, at least. But um, I, I really don't have a connection to him in the in the comics. Yeah, so yeah, maybe you're right. Um, I, I and at the end, also her dad, uh, Cassandra Cain's like kind of like icing her bruises and he and you know sulking because she's got kicked off the team. Uh, he comes up to wait, her. Cassie like, got kicked off the team. Not not Cassie. I'm sorry, Batwoman. Okay, and, I was gonna and, say like, wait, sorry. isn't David no, no, no. Kane dead? Yeah, I don't know. And her her dad comes over to him. And he's like, "What do you say, soldier? Are you ready for the real mission to begin?" And he's holding her uh, Batwoman suit, and it's got a new patch on it that he made. It's not the bat; it's something else. I guess he created. Maybe it's part of the colony. I'm not sure. But he's basically holding up. The weird part about this though is her suit is basically hanging. You know how almost like on a mannequin, like it's got like a yeah. <laughs> in the so, but then he walks over it and then it's got a new patch on it, and it looks like there's like a fucking face behind the mask, and he's just got his arm around it, so it looks <laughs> like he's standing there with a fucking person. <laughs> I'm just like, it just looks odd. It's like an odd choice. So like, why would she put her? What's what, the symbol her, look like? Um, so it's two like Is she devil horns. Woman now. 
I don't know. It's two devil horns, and then it's like on the sides um, of like a like a triangular like middle piece, and then horns almost on top of it. It's weird. It's it's hard to describe, but it's like four different pieces that connect. She into a fucking one beetle. Image. What the fuck? I don't know. I don't oh, know what also, it is. Also, I'm looking at the. Also, I'm looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at the page. Yeah, that's fucking freaky. Are you are you looking at it right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like fucking. It's like everywhere. It's, it's like it's like there's a person. Like there's a person's head, and then from the neck down, but there's no jaw. I know it's just like, like he just fucking butchered a person and then shoved it inside the suit. Yeah, I, I think that's an artist fuck up there. Like, why would you choose to like have him standing there with the suit looking like this? It just looks odd. Like, it's also just the. You'd think if she was trying to fucking like go out on her own and try to be her own thing, you'd think if not her dad, then her would design a new suit that wasn't just the exact same suit, but with a different (laughs) chest plate. Yeah. And not only that, like, why would she throw it over a full mannequin? (laughs) Yeah. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't know. Oh, okay. So, um, I'm just, I just, I'm looking at it again. I just Googled it. It is the colony symbol. I just Googled the colony Batman. Yeah, it's the colony symbol, it looks like. Okay. I'm also looking at it. Uh, this is. Oh, yeah. Apparently, there is a wireframe mannequin inside the suit that then he puts the new emblem on. Uh, but when she gets this emblem ripped off of her, that is what you see underneath her actual costume while she's wearing it. So, yeah, I guess that makes it just stand. Like, it's. Who like who the, who the fuck knows this art? This looks terrible. <laughs> this looks like fucking dog shit. Fuck this book. No, the book's good. <laughs> yeah, the I bu- liked the book's it. Good. But, <laughs> hey, fuck this moment. But yeah, yeah. Batwoman just can't catch a fucking break. First, her no. marriage gets dissolved. Then, then the fucking vampire she was fucking yeah. dies or turns yeah. into a fucking man or whatever. I don't know. Fuck that. Fuck that part of the book. Yeah, I um. Yeah, I mean, they're really making me hate her, to be honest with you, because this moment really made me, they're, like... <laughs> they're pulling a Carol Danvers here. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, after Just uh, this fucking War. beloved character, and then an event happens, and she comes at their side the worst. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. She's always been stern in her opinion and difficult, and Batman's always had that relationship with oh, her. No, but, like, that was, no, that is, but that was... But that was part of the character. Like, that's yeah, the character. Yeah, that, that is like, the character. She's a fucking... She was raised right. by a military family where right. where half of it died. Right. So so the fact that she made it's it's not out of character anything that's happened here but like the 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 fact that like the one the moment when Batman came and basically like dismissed her which I totally makes sense but it's just like ah oh, damn you're going to do Batwoman like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're just like come on now like yeah, you know. Like, oh, she <laughs> got through some shit. Fucking Yeah. She still drinks yeah. about she still drinks thinking about Maggie. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's what happened, and uh, I thought it was pretty good, but, like, my question now is, is Batman, Batwoman now going to come back as a enemy to the this group? Uh, as I fucking hope not, because that is the most fucking trite bullshit. Right? So, I mean, every indication would point towards yes at this point, because da- her dad walked up with the suit, but... Or, I, 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 failing that, they just do a fucking, like, they just relaunch, hey, here's a new Batwoman thing, but it's Batwoman in the colony. Yeah, or that storyline once again goes into her main series, just I'm not reading, which I wouldn't care about. You or, know what I mean? so, <laughs> like all that, the storyline goes nowhere. Yeah. And then just yeah. she disappears for like fucking six months, shows back up, it's like, hey, guys, let's be buddies again. 
<laughs> so let's hope not. I I, I hope that's not I the case. I shaved my but... head again, but this time for my costume. <laughs> but yeah, Detective Comics. This was nine seventy four, and uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun ride so far. I have enjoyed it. Why well, I gotta do Batman like that? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kate. Yeah, I mean, Kate needs a break. When he dropped the hammer though, and Batman came, and he's like, "You're done." <laughs> I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, nice. Like, I I did enjoy the moment though. I won't lie. Like, I was I was <laughs> I was just kind of shocked because I was just like, I was like, oh, maybe you know. But as soon as she killed him, essentially, I, I knew there was no yeah. coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like, oh, you no. murdered him with a pistol. You murdered him with a fucking rifle. Get out. Yeah, like there's 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 one fucking rule you have. Like, is we don't kill. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, and Tim knew that. Like, Tim was, the, was one of the first ones yeah, with and Cassandra. Isn't, is this what... This is the incident that leads to the fucking future evil Tim, right? Well, yeah. He actually brings that... Previous to this, yeah, we talked about that, too, about that storyline when Tim came back from the future, and he didn't understand why him and Batwoman were on the outs and why he wanted to kill her. Uh, but he actually even mentions that in this. He, 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 he makes reference to the fact that he couldn't understand, like, before, like, how, you know what I mean? But like, now I know. Have... Yeah, not, like, a direct, like, hold on, I'm trying to look for what he said. He says, I didn't believe him, the version of me from the future, didn't believe you could do something like this. That's what he says to her, and, uh, and that, that was basically it, but, um, but yeah, he, he, and, you know, he, he just, like, we're better than that, you know, and then Batman's like, how could you? How, you know, like, everyone's just basically giving her grief, and the only person that sticks up for her is fucking Batwing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, because like, no, Luke like, Fox. No one cares. Luke yeah. Fox has always been the kind of guy that I thought, he'd be down to murder a person. <laughs> you know, not Asriel. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, like, he's, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> But, yeah, just like you Luke know, Fox, son of Lucius Fox, strongest proponent of Batman, is like, yeah, murder's pretty cool. <laughs> Asriel, literal assassin, yeah, is like, eh, that might be a bit much. Well, that's the thing. You could say the same thing about what at least Cassandra was originally trained to be, but she's found a different way, and the fact that she is she had this con- that's gonna i think i'm gonna miss most is their relationship her and clayface out of this whole thing what no, no really- like watch it be like the way they retcon it is that oh no he didn't actually die cassie kept a little bit of his fucking gunk and is keeping it in like a shoebox <laughs> it's possible that's that's always he been just, the just walks in one day and just right, sees yeah. her with baby clayface hanging out yeah and then it's gonna turn into a whole other weird relationship where like fucking baby clayface or baby faces they'll call him or whatever is like growing up seeing Cassie's his mom. Yeah, uh, the doctor's reasoning was that it said it destabilized the molecular bonds he used to manipulate, and that he's quite dead. So yeah, and in comics when somebody says they're dead, you can trust them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I'm sure he'll come back at some yeah. point. So, Mo- yeah, I'm putting money down on just fucking a couple months later. Hey, I'm alive again. I'm alive, assholes. And then just a total monster. But what I want to happen, that will never happen because it is too stupid, is Cassie raising a baby Clayface. <laughs> like the baby dark side? <laughs> no, not no, not the baby dark side. Like fucking like Shogo from X-Men. Oh, or um, 
it'll basically like be like her new baby Groot. Like she'll keep it in like in a pot or something. Yeah, like, like just a shoebox in her closet. Yeah, she'll come by once in a while, feed them some fucking silicates, and then train her to be a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, hell, we've seen that fucking Clayface can like give birth to fully conscious beings. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, yeah the mud mud pack. Yeah. Yeah. So just fucking yeah, it's a baby. That's made of mud that Cassie is like taking care of. And she's like, it's like, I call him Basil. Is that your new bold prediction after we predicted that he's going to die? Is, is this the next one that you're going to make here? No, my new, pred- <laughs> no, my bold prediction is he's going to come back as a villain and remember nothing about what happened in this book. What I want to happen mm. is for him to become the scrappy duo of the Belfry team. Well, there you have it. <laughs> just, just I, don't know. I got this da, 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 mud power and then just gets fucked. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely think it's going to be the former. Than the latter. <laughs> I think I think I, I think that's I think you're right on that. I think that's going to be what happens. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think this is why right DC him. won't let us write comics. <laughs> We're too I, fucking I, real. <laughs> I wouldn't want him really to return to this book, to be honest. And if he did, I wouldn't want him to be, him to be part of the team. No, no, I, I watch I, it. He shows up again with that one. And both of them are part of the colony. <laughs> no, that'd be shit. I hope that's not what happens. <laughs> like Batman shows up. I was like, oh, don't worry. I brought the fucking backup. And then just a fucking giant helicarrier comes down, drops off a bunch of colony troopers. Then the, then the helicarrier transforms into Clayface. <laughs> just, he's their boat now. <laughs> he's their boat. This is too stupid. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, go on. <laughs> you continue. <laughs> so, alters. Ah, okay, yep. Yeah. yeah, Bernie asked me to talk about this. Sure. And I haven't really talked about it since the break happened that, that led, led, led to the new arc that we're in. Right. Yeah, I remember you, you – I I remember you, t- you talked about it. You enjoyed it uh, when it first launched. Yeah, and I'm still enjoying it. Okay. Uh, we're like nine issues deep, I think. Okay. And things are still happening. Is this written by the same guy that does Postal? Uh, I am not 100% sure who writes Postal. Okay. I haven't read that. I remember you talking about it, but I thought... Yeah, it is written by I, Paul I Jenkins. Could... Oh. Okay, interesting, because I'm not usually a fan of his stuff. Okay, go on. I'm kind of interested here. Okay. Yeah, so uh, for those who don't know or don't remember, Alters is Aftershock book. Uh, it's kind of a big thing. The big thing stick around it was that it was about a transgender main character. Okay. And yeah, the first ish, the first uh, arc of it was basically was basically this kid who is currently going through you know transgender issues, trying to trying to like work with the courage to tell to tell her parents. It's guy to girl. It's guy to girl trans. So male to female, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'll just be referring to her with, with female pronouns. Mm. But yeah, so she was just trying to work up telling her family about it, which she kind of can't because her family is very traditional. And they also have a son who is who has some kind of very degenerative disease, I believe. It's, a, it's some kind of like muscular dystrophy or like something that means that just he can't like walk around and can't really talk. Okay. And superpowers in this world are a relatively new thing. They've been around for a few years and and there's only really one major super evil person in there and out there doing stuff that is Matterman, I believe was his name. Mm-hmm. He was he was a big fuck off evil dude. Uh but it turns out that uh turns out that Chalice, 
is her superhero name, has the same powers as him. Same kind of weird, like, quantum level power shit that makes her incredibly powerful. And the only person who could stop him. So it is – so it's about this guy, realizes he's a girl, trying to work out that shit with his family while also working out being a superhero. Mm. And yeah, that beginning bit was just kind of her getting used to things, getting used to what her life is now, and then kind of winning. She beats she beats Matterman. Everything's fucking great. But she and but because it because she made a mistake, um a fellow superhero got super fucked. The guy had shape shifting powers and I think his neck got broken, so now he's quadriplegic. And if he ever uses his powers again, he will die. Uh, finding out that her brother has telekinetic powers, the one that can't really move anything. Yeah, the one who can't really move or do anything because of horrible, debilitating diseases. Mm. Can move shit with his mind. Well, that's convenient. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I mean, it sucks that, you know, obviously is, you know, what's wrong with him. But the fact that he has those powers, that's good. Yeah. And then that kind of ended up, the, and that ended that last arc. Uh, now getting into the new stuff. Um, Michael, I believe is the character's name. Uh, she is getting a bit m- more used to things. She has taken like the steps towards actual transitioning. She is taking the hormones. She has consulted the doctor. She is getting ready to do this. And she's still out there being a superhero and stuff. She's still doing pretty good. Uh, then, then the story kind of shifts focus to a single mother with two kids. Uh, she can't afford bills because she just can't really get work. And she has powers. She can open portals. Okay. And she used that to try to get money in order to help feed her kids. Because currently mm-hmm. they're living in her car. So, like, she steals with this, like... like so, Yeah, sometimes. She steals, like, small... She steals, like, enough to help them get by. Right. Because she doesn't really have any other options. There's not really any jobs out there. Uh... And yeah, it's about it's about this mom uh, getting deeper and deeper into the superhero stuff because she eventually ends up getting the getting the attention of some fucking supervillains, some small time fucking criminals, and Chalice as well as other superheroes as she just starts like getting pulled more and more be- just out of fucking against her will. She does not want anything to do with any of these fuckers. It was like mm. I just want to be able to fucking put a roof over my kid's head, and you fuckers are wanting me to go out and be a superhero, eat my ass. Unless she dives into a fucking rearview mirror of a car, because <laughs> that's how it works. I think she, yeah, she like I think she jumps through reflective surfaces. Okay. And yeah, it's still do, it's still doing pretty all right. Uh, they switched yeah. artists, which was a bit unfortunate. I'm not a big fan of this artist. Uh, it's currently uh, Layla Lilsleys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Layla Leyes. Oh, okay. No, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, and her art—it's very. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a particular fan of it. Uh, she, the the artwork at the beginning was very. I'm trying to actually think back. I just I, I don't remember enough about the original artwork to describe it very well. Mm. But this artwork okay. is very lips focused. I'm looking up some of the art right now. Uh, number one, yeah. The the artist on the other one, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of clean lined. Yeah, in this it, like, in this it's a lot more uh, a lot more exaggerated. There are multiple times where people mm-hmm. look like they fucking grow extra bones in their face. Uh, uh the lips, the lips yeah. like uh, 
can take a can take like a huge fucking part of the attention about it. There's mm-hmm. parts where she like just forgets, but the part where the artist like kind of just forgets to put in certain detail lines or like inking doesn't it, mm-hmm. it doesn't get inked right. Oh, that's unfortunate. Like in issue eight, there's a part where they're all standing in the rain, and everybody else like just everybody else is like black outlines, but then this one guy just white outlines across the entirety of his head. Ooh, I don't know if it was supposed to be because of the rain, but right. it just looks really fucking weird. Like his head yeah, just yeah. like his head is like not finished being put in. Hmm. Yeah, no, it doesn't sound good. I I hate when the artist changes up halfway through of a series like that. Not like your regular superhero type title. Uh, and the artist that they bring on is actually less like it's actually worse than the one that was before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's uh that's unfortunate. Ela. Hmm. Yeah. Oh um, wow. Yeah. Fuck. I'm just rereading issue eight and like fuck me. Yeah, not a fan of the art, sounds like, yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate, but yeah. is it enough to keep you going the story at least? At yeah, point, yeah, or? yeah, still, I fucking... Sounds like an interesting I like cast this, of characters. I like this world. I like Chalice yeah. as a character. Yeah. And in issue nine, she actually just full-on... There's actually this really... I, there's this really cool interaction... Like, not cool. I like this interaction that happens because she tells her best friend, a cop, I believe, that mm-hmm. she is transgender. Okay, and it's a bit awkward there at first because, hey, I've known you the entire, I've known you these past fucking twenty some years as a dude, and you just straight up tell me you're a girl now. I'm that's gonna take some adjustment. Oh really? Oh, uh, th- well, I mean, but, but no, it's I'm, I'm, it isn't that. It is it is like right. it's a bit awkward. Like it's it's a bit awkward in that it is. That's kind of what's going through his head. But what he actually just says is, yeah, okay, fuck it. You're still my best friend, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, like the point in there where he just says, all right, so since you are now a well, girl, are you going to be mad at me if I accidentally call you dude or bro? And she goes and she just responds immediately sarcastically. Now, if I get to call you asswipe back. <laughs> it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. And then it just That's- ends with like, yeah, you, like, I, you know, you might not be my, you might not be, you might not, but he says, you might be my sister now, but I'll always be your brother. And it was okay, just like a good. little great moment that was just like, yeah. yes, it is. There is the awkwardness there because this is sure. this is heavy new information for him. Sure, but it doesn't change the fact that still your best friend. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be an adjustment period, but like, yeah, it doesn't change anything uh, ultimately. Yeah, that's good. That is a good moment. Good teaching, teachable moment. Yeah, it just there's a little there's a little moment like that that endeared me to this character that I don't actually remember that much being in the story. If you ever showed up, at, if you ever showed up at all, but yeah, this book is still another fucking banger from Aftershock. It'll just yeah, be it'll yeah, just we, be nice when this arc finishes up and they're able to get a new artist on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully they switch it up again like they did after the first arc, like you said. Uh, I mean, maybe that's why there was a delay. Maybe the artist like abandoned the book the first one. Maybe kind of. I don't and know. This person kind of had to come in. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, alters. I, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear about more good Aftershock comics. Though I know we've been talking up a few of them lately. That's good. Yeah. So alters. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, and before we move on to Nico's next book, yeah. take a quick minute break. Take a quick break, yep. and we'll be right back, everybody. All right. And we're back, everybody. Sorry about that. So, Nico, your next book. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to talk about uh, Aquaman. 
Uh, not the current Aquaman, but this is Aquaman by Peter David, book one. Oh this boy, is... I love Aquaman. <laughs> I know you're a fan of the Aquaman. That's why I wanted to bring this up. Now, have you ever read any of this run? I only recently started reading Aquaman. Like okay. New Fifty Two start like New Fifty Two recently. Okay, so from what I've always heard, um, the best uh, Aquaman run was Peter David's back from like I guess he started in the nineties, and uh, that's uh, this I've, is the I've, this is the hook hand. That's right. Yep. Uh, so DC, in an effort to recollect all of I guess the more popular stuff that they've been reprinting from back in the day and out of print stuff and just stuff that they've never collected. They have been doing somewhat of a good job doing this lately. This is uh, book number one that just came out a few weeks ago. Uh, and then book number two, I think, is already solicited for August. So hopefully they end up uh, collecting all of this. Because I got to say, I did quite enjoy it. And when I actually went on my way to see, like, look up on the internet good runs of Aquaman because I know he's not, like, the most popular character um, by most people, uh, I I uh, I always thought saw that Peter David's was probably one of the most well regarded ones. Other than like obviously some people like you said like some people like the new Jeff John stuff and some and they and they run right now. Although I haven't read it, you keep saying it's great and it looks great now. I know that Stefan Sajic whatever's on it, so I'm yep. sure. See up and Sajic. Yeah, I'm sure that's excellent. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I mean. So the th- so here's the thing in what DC of course like I said I just praise them uh, by recollecting stuff uh, at the same time uh, pulls a, a fucked up move and the first thing that Peter David actually wrote for this character was a book uh, that was a mini series uh, prior to this I think that was like eight issues and the it's called the Atlantis Chronicles and uh-huh. I guess that that kind of outlined more stuff that happened actually in Atlantis and that was done by uh, Aquaman's uh, I guess father and like family and like just basically just like stuff that happened like history of Atlantis and it chronicles that Uh, and they brought it out as a deluxe edition hardcover now I didn't pick that up the deluxe edition hardcover was solicited for $50 (laughs) it's an 8 issue miniseries now tell me why the fuck they would do that for that miniseries and then release this paperback for $30 which is 12 issues or 13 issues and essentially this starts off with another little miniseries that he did called Time and Tide uh, which basically is him picking up right after fucking um Actually, no, it doesn't pick... Uh, reading the fucking Atlantis Chronicles. Like, he literally, like... <laughs> you see him with the book, and he's like, Whoa, uh, you know, uh, the keeper of the Atlantis Chronicles signed Atlanta. Like, he finishes reading it, and he shuts the fucking book. <laughs> and then he goes... <laughs> and then he goes to write... Start writing... He's so enraged by what he read of his history in the Atlantis Chronicles that he goes and starts chronicling his own fucking um, past. Um, Who the fuck so, knows? Yeah, but, like, why leave that out of here? <laughs> like, and for the reason of the del- Yeah, so I'm just really pissed about that. Again, you don't need to know, like, what happened, because, like I said, it starts off with him shutting the fucking book and saying, okay, well, I'm going to start writing my own thing now. But still, it really pissed me off. Like, why not fucking include that in this, or at least come out with a fucking paperback? You had to do a deluxe edition on that one thing, and then start collecting this in paperback? Anyways, yeah, little no, nitpick. Like yeah, a little, little, little annoying. Anyways... I was also kind of um, love how, like, the actual, like, trades for this thing is just Aquaman by Peter David. Yeah. 
Like, like not, yeah. not even like fucking goddamn. Not not what they usually do of like like hey it's fucking this whatever volume one whatever title they give it it is just it is Aquaman by Peter David go yeah I mean some of the some of the bigger runs or names on books they they will do that um, with the, uh, the different creators but uh, but yeah it, you're right it is kind of funny and it, 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 actually one of the most enjoyable parts about this volume is actually the intro the forward by Peter David where he basically explains to people <laughs> about at this time he was writing his other good runs that he's known for today is like x-factor and hulk he was on or he just finished writing spectacular spider-man he was about to start his 12-year run on the hulk and uh and and then he's like and, and then i got this book and i took it and and, and people were like you're writing aquaman seriously <laughs> like and then, and, then, and then apparently he went into detail about how he explained to them oh no i got this really cool idea he's gonna have like a, a and he actually got pissed because he's like it's not a hook it's not a goddamn hook like he tries to explain it's a harpoon <laughs> it's not a fishing hook it's a harpoon you assholes yeah yeah so he he tries to say oh yeah i have this idea he's gonna lose his hand and then people are like really interesting <laughs> like like all of a sudden like just immediately writing him off and then like how he would reel them back in was the was the idea that he had with how he reeled them in was explaining it's not a hook yeah exactly it's just funny the irony (laughs) so so yeah so this volume starts off with a four issue mini that he wrote after the Lance chronicles called time and tide Uh, and this chronicles uh four moments in his life that he's writing about four different uh periods of time like from when he's young and uh when he's older uh you know at this point it doesn't seem like any of them are gonna mean anything but i guess through the first eight issues of the main series that came after this um certain things that occurred in that mini series kind of were relevant to some of the things that happened uh it explains his first time he teamed up with the flash it explains his first moment when he learned about like the sea and how like he made friends with this uh one of the dolphins and then basically he got injured and a shark went to eat him and he tried to like stop him from doing so and he's like no no this is the way of the old like this you have to let the things like this happen and the other dolphins basically say and he's like well no and then i can't be with you i can't live this life and he he's almost he's basically getting raised by dolphins at this point <laughs> he just yeah and he, and he and he's so disappointed by basically what had happened in the way of like the food chain that he fucks off and he's like well then perhaps and you're telling should- me that peter david wrote this yeah <laughs> and then he's like, perhaps, Swimmer, the time has come for you to find your own. That's what the dolphin says to him. And then he gives him a hug and then he fucks off. <laughs> does this iteration of Aquaman have like a dad? He does. I mean, I think that's essential. Well, I didn't read it because it wasn't in here, but I think his family is the people he reads about in Atlantis Chronicles. But during this flashback of him. No, no, I mean, young- I mean, like, th- I mean, like, I'm pretty sure this iteration of Aquaman, like his whole thing is that his dad was a human. Yeah, there is a version where he's a human. Um, it didn't get mentioned in this volume as of yet by Peter David, but um, I don't think he's being raised by them, but he is basically friends with them, and he you see him spending a lot of time with these dolphins and basically trying to be like one of these dolphins, like part of their pack. And you see him swimming with them while he's a baby. And then you see him like maybe like six, seven years old with them. So it's almost as if like, yeah, he, maybe this is just him getting acquainted with the dolphins, but he basically says like, you can't be with us anymore at the end. Uh, you know, I don't like your ways. And then he's like, well then perhaps swimmer, they just call him swimmer. Like, I guess, cause he's a human and he's like the time has yeah. come to find your own. And he fucks off. And then there's another scene where he gets into an altercation with a polar bear <laughs> in, in, in Antarctica. And, uh, you know. Is he still a like, baby? 
uh, he's a teenager now, and you see okay, the story. Say, it would be funny, just hilariously. <laughs> There's this fucking baby hanging out with a fucking polar bear, and then, and then he tries to get a seal to come help him, and the seal's like, nah, dude. It's way of nature, bitch. Uh, but yeah, and this is the story about how he saves someone from this polar bear attack, this girl, young girl, and he loses his virginity. <laughs> yeah, so I thought it was an interesting uh, story for Aquaman. I was not expecting that. And uh, then he. So, he, hey, he, we have confirmed Aquaman fucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just doesn't hang out with Mara just to look, uh, you know, cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they weren't the political marriages. Yeah, and then um, and then basically the last story is the introduction of Ocean Master, and Alrighty. Ocean Master basically um, one of the reasons he also hates on him uh, is the fact that he also liked this girl. I guess that he ended up with uh, losing his virginity to, uh, and in the Antarctic. So then when he pops up in this last and final story of this miniseries, and he's recalling the time he met Ocean Master, Ocean Master brings up. Like being in the town at that time or whatever, or knowing of him and seeing him and not liking him from that moment. How and, dare you get my tail before I did? I am yeah. no one sloppy seconds. Ah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the main reason, but it definitely was something that drove him not to, like, I guess, like, like him. So, um, so yeah. And, uh, so, and so, so his main reason was what was his main reason for wanting to murder him? I can't recall. I'm trying to look right now, but I yeah, can't just, recall. Just, just like, just the way you said that. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, him stealing that girl wasn't the main reason for him wanting to kill him, but, like, it's part of it. Yeah, there was, I would like to think that was not the only reason, because as I was describing, I'm like, that can't be the only like, reason. That can't be it, right? Yeah, it might did, be. Did, this he, was, it, did Aquaman give his dad autism or something? He. This was... This was the 90s, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Wasn't this the era? Like, did Peter David give Black Manta autism? I don't know. I, I've never heard that, actually. Yeah, that was that was uh, a thing. Black Manta had autism. And then oh. he got cured of it and went out to go murder Aquaman. <laughs> did not know this. Okay. <laughs> um, I, think, I think you were on a podcast when I told you about it. Okay. I don't recall. No, I... Oh. <laughs> I, I well, I look forward to reading it then. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I liked this. I liked it. It is very 90s. Uh, there is an issue towards the end of the eight issues. I think it's like number seven where, um, you know, Lobo shows up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it is very 90s in that sense. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. So in. In an origin story. From, OK, the 2003 Aquaman series. Okay. In the 2003 but, Aquaman series for fucking like Peter David though, right? Uh no, the no, the other okay. origin story was in the Peter David book. Uh issue 6 from 1993. Uh he grew up in Baltimore. Uh hung out in Chesapeake Bay. Uh saw Aquaman hanging out with his dolphin buddies. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's number 6. I read that issue. Yeah, and yeah. and that was all happening and while that was happening, uh he was being raped. Who was? Black Manta. Yeah, Black Manta was being sexually assaulted by sailors. I don't fucking recall that. 
And Don't recall that in this. Yeah, yeah, this is what. As a youth, he was he was kidnapped and forced to work on a ship for an unspecified amount of time, where he was sexually abused by his captors. At one point, he saw Aquaman with his dolphin friends and tried to signal him for help, but was not seen. Finally, he was forced to defend himself, killing one of his tormentors on the ship with a knife. Hating the emotionless sea and Aquaman, whom he saw as his representative, the boy was determined to become its master. Yeah, I'm looking at the issue right now. Meanwhile, yeah. in issue 8 of the 2003 series, the boy who would become Black Manta was an autistic orphan at Gotham City's Arkham Asylum. You know, the orphan place. He felt hmm. comfortable in freezing cold water and found cotton sheets excruciatingly painful. Because the attendants at Arkham didn't know how to deal with the autism, they wound up restraining him to a bed as he struggled and screamed whenever they tried putting him to bed. In this version, young Black Manta was also fascinated when he saw Aquaman on television. The boy ended up being subjected to an experimental treatment. One treatment seemed to clear the boy's head, but left him violent as a result. I don't see this in issue six of this series, the Peter David one. I don't. I don't think that happens in this issue. Maybe that's that might be wrong. I don't see any of that. There's a woman named Dolphin in this, and Aqualad is in this. I well, don't I guess, see anything. I guess it was like an origin story that happened. Maybe maybe it was referring to like a retcon thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, Black, Black Manta wasn't this, but I don't recall that happening. But yeah, oh yeah, maybe. Oh, you know what? I think it's because he doesn't look like Black Man at this time. This is before Black. Yeah, so maybe that is. Yeah, maybe that is this. Yeah, this is just. There. Yeah, this is this is back when he was a child. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He yeah, did, he, did, he did not have a baby Black Manta suit. There's a lot of weird and interesting things that he chooses to do in this series, and it actually has made it an enjoyable read for me. I, I do like it. It is very 90s, like I said. Um, he does. He gets basically pushed into the ocean when there was, uh, or sorry, a, um, a fish tank that piranhas were in, like during an altercation with another dude who's and the actually, piranhas gave him autism. Yeah, it's not no, <laughs> it's not in the fish tank. Sorry, it's in the ocean. But he had a bunch in the fish tank. He was about to basically. Like, like sick on Aquaman, and then he basically, <laughs> they it gets like, and then basically they they get into an altercation. He gets pushed back. His hand goes into the water, and he holds it there. It gets eaten by piranhas, and then his actual fucking hand is pulled out, and it's just bone. Like it's it's basically a skeleton. <laughs> like I also and, find it odd that Aquaman, yeah, you know Aquaman lost his hand to a fish. Yeah. Kind of ironic, I guess. He, there's, a, there's like, there's like, <laughs> like, there's like in other times there was a like other things. There was a actually like I kind of like the origin story they gave for him losing his hand in the animated series, mm. which was uh, he was chained to a rock as his newborn son was being left to die at horrible men horrible means. So he so Aquaman grabs a rock and destroy and like basically cuts his own hand off with a rock to save his son. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, and then it replaces baby. it with the harpoon hand. Well, this, well, this is what I'm trying to say. Um, for all like the shit I had. Heard, oh yeah. Also, Superboy with the leather jacket shows up in this '90s style. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the other thing I didn't under this. But like, how important they tried to make it seem like this era was in terms of him get actually having a harpoon in his hand. The way it happened was actually quite simple, and the person that did it to him was not even like a top tier character. I'm trying to look for his name. Right now, um, he wasn't. I don't even fucking know his name. I'm trying to look right now. Yeah, you can go on. I'm basically done. I am gonna read the next issue. Uh, sorry, next volume of this. I am enjoying it. I think 
it's definitely so far so good. Uh, and like I said, I've heard really good things about this this run of Aquaman. So um, it is a little bit cheesy. It is a bit ninety ish, but it it's definitely interesting stories I wouldn't expect to read of Aquaman. And uh, yeah, it's good. All righty. Yeah. So go on. All right. So final book for me. Uh, let's talk about Mecca at you. Yes. I think I talked about the one before with Birdie. Okay. But yeah, I really dig this book. Yeah, me too. It's kind of like Voltron. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, or or like any other or any other like fucking child centric giant robot series. Mm. So yeah, just joining us. You is a young child. He is he is the son of a janitor at a fucking military outpost. Where every once in a while, giant robots from space descend down and choose cadets to bond with. And then from then on, they are their Gundams. Mm-hmm. And they are fighting against the Scrag, which are basically the bugs from Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. And so you is shit on because he's a janitor and this is about children. So... Yeah, the new cadets, they're out there getting their fucking mechs and whatever, and then you is out doing something else, and he ends up stumbling across a mech that then bonds with him. And now he is a mech cadet, and one of the mech cadets, who's the, who's the daughter of a person in charge, despises him with every fiber of her potential being. Yeah. Like, like this is like active, seething hatred. Yeah. Because he is a janitor. Yeah. She looks down on him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not even look down on him. Like, looking down on him is one thing. Actively hating him. Yeah. No, to the I point know. Of, to, the point of, to the point of almost having your mech murder him. Yeah. She is disgusted that this fucking person exists. For no real reason. Yeah, she's quite the bitch. I mean, she's very stuck up. She is the like general's daughter or whatever the hell he is. Like the guy leads. Like, yeah, yeah, the, but yeah. like that only goes. That only gets you so far. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, the yeah over the course of the series, uh, she ends up she loosens up a bit, especially after spending a day as a janitor. Yeah, I just I the series is really simple. It is, yeah. Yeah, I, and uh, outside of a couple characters, there's not a great, like, supporting cast. Like, out, the other Mechadets, I cannot really tell you a thing about either any of them. Hmm. Other than you and Bitch. <laughs> I, know my, I know some of you might think it's harsh, calling a child a bitch, but come on. Yeah, she is. Though, but yeah, like, there are two other cadets. I don't even think I can tell you their names. Let alone a personality trait. A single yeah. personality trait. Yeah, I read the first four issues. I can't recall their names either. No. I'm six issues deep, I think, and I still don't fucking know their names. Mm-hmm. It is it is an enjoyable book, though. It's light read. I like it. It's, yeah, th- this, yeah, this is a really great like intro comic for kids. Yeah. But when I, I I don't always like all age comics, but when I I, I really ended up enjoying this. Uh, I yeah, like yeah. This, this is an all age comic that is working along the lines of like that new Voltron or 
Mm. Or like a modern day cartoon of just, hey, we are making this thing for all ages, but it was like still just good. Mm. They make it good first. Which I am totally fucking down for. That is great. That is a it is it is a really fun, light read with some really good artwork and really solid writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just good. Yeah. That's kind of all I really need to say about it. It's just this is a good book. Yeah. Okay. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be like fucking some end of the year list thing, or it's not gonna be like something that people talk about in like comic books classes in fucking college that I think exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know for me it was one that wasn't on my radar necessarily uh at first and then I tried out an issue of it and I, I kind of got like hooked. I was like, "Oh, that was kind of enjoyable actually." Yeah. You know, I, I, and I, th- I think I may have tried it out just cuz Greg Pak was writing it. I like some of his stuff time yeah, to time. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Greg Pak on on writing. Yeah. Um Takeshi Miyazawa on art who has done some work with Western Comics before. Uh if you read uh the runaways like back in the day i believe he had a stint on the runaways yep. as artist yep mm-hmm. and yeah, no, it's, it's i was solid. not the biggest fan of his artwork when he was doing the runaways but with this one i am way more into it because it seems to be a bit of a seems to be a bit uh, added a bit of grime to it you know like with, like with the runaways everyone was very fucking like clean and sanitized and very defined lines of stuff with this it's a bit there's a bit like more shat there's a bit more shading to things uh Things have more like yeah. detail and dirt lines on them. Scratchy, yeah. Like when the, his mech shows up, it's like beat this. Oh shit. yeah, his mech you is like beat the mean? shit. Yeah. And <laughs> the and like fucking the evil girl's mech is the only one that's like just straight up clean because it's new. Yeah. Meanwhile, mean, you know, everybody else is like, yeah, like our mechs look like fucking shit, but whatever. I got beers in mine. <laughs> that's kind of the thing I like the best. Just this, there's this this fucking lady. Who just rolls in on a fucking like tank mech and just finish up the day and she just fucking cracks the side of it and then a bunch of fucking cans come out. It's like, here we go, let's get fucked. Let's get fucking snooched. But yeah. Mech it at you. Tight. All right. Uh, and also just to finish up, I talked about earlier quickly, the guy's name is Cherubdis. I don't even know how to pronounce it. C-H-A-R-Y-B-D-I-S. This is the man who made Aquaman lose his hand. (laughs) Can't tell you if I've ever seen that fucking guy again, although I've read many fucking Aquaman comics. Cherubdis. I don't even know. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, I think it's Cherubdis. Cherubdis? Cherubdis? Yeah, and... I think, it's also a sea, shows up? I think it's also a sea monster. Yes. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. Well, he's a character in this, and he's the one that makes... Charybdis and his wife, Skilla, and his wife, Skilla, are internet... Or Scylla, or whatever fucking ever, uh, are international terrorists who attempt to kill Aquaman. Yeah. And they made him lose his hand. He has the ability... <laughs> to, he has the abilities to suppress metahuman abilities in others. Weird, but anyway, wait. That's <laughs> Aquaman isn't a metahuman, though. I don't know. Anyways, what actually <laughs> what actually defines a metahuman is weird. What defines them is weird, like the actual definition. No, no, or, I mean, yeah. no, I mean, like, so Aquaman is Atlantean. Yeah, they are naturally born with the ability to fucking breathe water and shit. Right. I thought metas were like people who were altered. 
Yeah, usually they're they're like the mutants born with powers, as far as I know. Or or you're saying altered given powers is what Meta yeah. is supposed to be. Oh, okay. Like Deathstroke or something like that. Yeah, like something like that. Yeah. Like yeah, 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 that, that's yeah, why yeah. Super that's why Superman isn't a meta, because he was because he right. is naturally has those powers. Or why Wonder Woman is a meta, because her powers are I, technically magical. Well, I mean that might be his power, but I don't recall him necessarily using that in this. Like he doesn't use his, his he doesn't try to like use anything like to steal his meta human abilities in this. According, just, according to Wikipedia, he does. In this issue, because all not, I remember not, is, not in the issue, but, in, oh. but like, the character himself does try to steal Aquaman's powers. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah, he does in this story. I lied. Yeah, because I recall there's a scene where he says. Oh, I thought you could talk to fish or something like, and he tries to like command the fish, and they won't listen to. Him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that does happen. Yeah, that absolutely does Fucking happen. Fake news, asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Weird. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah. my so, last book. Your last book. Um, kick ass. Kick ass. Uh, yeah. Um, kick ass number one. This is the new relaunch of and uh, of Kick Ass uh, with a different character. It's not the uh, Dave Lewiski or whatever you say his name in this one. It's uh, Lewiski. Fuck, I don't this, some Jewish yeah. name. Uh, it is now a uh, a black woman who is uh, uh, went to Afghanistan, was part of the army, and was uh, stationed in Afghanistan. And the book opens up with her uh, basically with a bunch of thugs with a uh, with a gun to her head, and she's kind of like you know how, how did she get into this predicament? And basically, it's that whole classic like let's open it's up like, with this like, scene. You see that? You see that guy yeah. right there with a gun to his head? That's me. You probably wonder I got the situation, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then it goes to a flashback of her time in Afghanistan and how she's looking forward to like. Uh, she's been, you know, on duty for so long, like uh, during her tour, that she's looking forward to going home and going back to her real life, and how much she's missed her kids and 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 all this. And uh, basically, uh, she gets home and her family greets her at the airport, and she, and she's like, "Hey, you know, where's uh, where's Frankie? Is he parking the car?" Which is her husband. And she and he like goes to hug her and he's like, "Don't say nothing now. We'll talk to you after the kids are here." And apparently, the husband uh, got sick of like her this lifestyle and basically how she, you know, she actually was out doing something good with her life or like and defending the country. And he's got goals and she doesn't believe in my music. So fucking <laughs> he, yeah. So he basically doesn't goes and runs in off my music. Yeah, that's what he says. Like she, he's like he's got like, plans, and that she doesn't believe in my music dreams, and like how he. So he just sounds like somebody who was basically just a stay-at-home dad and had like all these like dreams that he was oh actually God. doing anything about. And he gets sick and runs off with some of her and se- runs off with some bimbo. Yeah. So and then so basically she's left to try try to work like dead end jobs to make ends meet to basically provide for her family now because she was planning on coming back home and he was going to work and she was going to go back to school to provide for them and now she's stuck in this shitty situation so the idea that she has is that she is going to dress up like kick ass and steal from the shitty fucking people that live in her neighborhood because they're mostly criminals that she knows about because her brother is is mixed up in this type of thing she goes home to see her mother and her brother's over and he's like you know 
and she kind of judges him for how he does his business because I guess he's like a street thug or something and, you know, does, it, it sells drugs. Who knows? Um, they allude to that. And basically, yeah, she's like, well, you know, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to actually clean up these streets and make a difference. And by doing so, I'm going to just take some money while I, where I, where I can when I fucking crack down on these drug operations to basically provide for my family. Okay. And yeah, and that's, uh, that's the first issue. And, uh, it's a, it's a, you know, a new kick ass. It, it feels familiar, uh, like all the other kick asses. These have never been quite complex. And to be fair, out of like the last few years, stuff that Mark Millar has been doing, um, I've been enjoying those a lot more than the over, uh, than the kick ass series, uh, in general. Just I've been enjoying like the different takes because this definitely still feels like a Mark Millar book. This is one of the books that, you know, obviously he's most well known for and it's definitely got that tone still. Um, although I like how there's like a whole, family aspect to it still and uh, i can't necessarily say what she's doing is right because she is still but she's stealing money at least from bad people so it's kind of like a punisher thing almost you know what i mean like yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of the whole it's actually the whole kick-ass thing just right so yeah it feels very familiar in that sense and uh yeah and it's great John Romina Jr. back on the book, and it's uh, you know John Romina Jr. I think always has looked his best over the last few years when he's done kick-ass books, and uh, this is no different. Uh, it, it works, uh, so yeah, Kick-Ass number one, check it out. Uh, you don't need to have read any of the other Kick-Ass series so far. There's no reference to any of it. All you need to know is that Kick-Ass is a thing uh, in this world, and she's aware of it, and she's basically just trying to you know pretend like she's Kick-Ass and use this costume. And uh, kind of, you know, act act as uh, as this character. So, yeah. So, yeah. Number one. Uh, it just came out, I think, two weeks ago. Alrighty. Yeah. So then. Those are reading then. On to news. So first up, some sad news. It has been announced that Peter J. DeMossi and Jorge Jimenez's book, Super Sons, will be canceled this May. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't hear that. Fuck. That yep. is sad news. Issue 16 will be the final issue. Yeah, because uh, Bendis has taken over Superman. Yeah, yeah, no official word. No like official announcement came out for DC or was it included in like the solicits for May. But Tomasi confirmed it on Twitter. Uh, saying, wow, the love and sadness for Super, for Super Sons being canceled is knocking me out. So before too much time passes, blah, blah, blah. And then it just kind of goes into explaining just like, hey, this book is fucking great. I love you guys are fucking awesome for for the support you've shown for us and yeah, which sucks this fucking goddamn book. Yeah, it's, it's so been goddamn great. good. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, it's a shame, but I'm glad that we got as much of it, I guess, as we did. But uh, but yeah, not not enough, not nearly enough. I mean, I I don't see why you couldn't have went off and still did this book even with Bendis doing the main Superman titles um, because this was kind of its own thing. Yeah, uh, always has been. But Right, um, so that's a shame. Yeah, okay, and I didn't know these that. two characters are fucking great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, if you think about it, Peter J. Tomasi has written fucking a Damien in some form or another since the start of the New Fifty Two. So it has been a long time that he's been writing this characters, right? Yeah, so. but it's still fucking fresh. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying this that it was type. This ain't some fucking no. dance lot shit. No. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I've been enjoying most of his Superman stuff. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. I mean, it's, it sucks that this is what Bendis obviously had his 
<laughs> mind made up on doing when he came over. Not because Tomasi, I think it was in very good hands, but um, but yeah, I mean, they got to make way, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but but uh, kind of ease the pain of that. We do get a last bit of hurrah for the Super Sons as they team up with the Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt. <laughs> nice for the Super Sons Dino Mutt special. Very nice. Yeah, uh, it'll be coming out uh, at uh, in the at the end of May, in the fifth week of May. Thirty eight pages long. Okay, is that like issue sixteen or is this a one shot? No, this like this separate? is a this is a Super Sons Dynamut special. Okay, okay, yeah, it's nice. part of a it's part of other uh, it's part of other yeah. um fucking uh, DC Hanna Barbera crossovers, right. Okay. Yeah. So nice. kind of sucks, but that's that's happening. So that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah. <sighs> Moving on. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaurs getting a fucking TV show. Wow. Good, yeah. good for them. Yeah. Marvel TV revealed today that uh, the series is currently in development under the working title Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why that's working title. That's pretty much what the title's going to be. Right. <laughs> I mean, wh- what the fuck else would you name it? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be animated? Or? Yes, it will. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be about Luna Lafayette, nine-year-old super genius, and her giant red dinosaur. That's great. I mean, uh, the book her does gangbusters in terms of, like, uh, the trade sales amongst uh, young kids. So that's uh, that's great for them if they're going to do, like, a fun uh, all-age cartoon. Uh, that, and, you know, it's, and she's a... Uh, uh, a black girl, and uh, I mean, Devil Dinosaur is awesome. So yeah, that's really cool. That's... Yeah, and actually, funny enough, it's being produced by Cinema Gypsy Productions, the producers of Blackish. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess I see that connection with that, but that's an I wouldn't have thought that. Okay. Huh. Yeah. So that's All happening. Right. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think of that? Do you like that announcement or no? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's I like the book. I'll have to see about the show. Yeah. I mean, I'm not running to the TV set to like wait for it anytime soon. But. <laughs> yeah, run there to sit down and wait for fucking five months <laughs> or seven years. But, but I think it's it's good. Like, I mean, if they get the right audience for it, if it's like, you know, for younger kids and stuff, I think that'll that's that'll be fun. Uh-huh. So, yeah. next piece of news. Big news coming out of Marvel. Uh, they are doing another line-wide overhaul. I know. <laughs> yeah, so there we was. Need a, it, though. <laughs> yeah, so there was a big fucking thing released. Little video um, promo art by Jim Chung, editor in chief CB Sapolsky, uh, coming out talking about the new direction Marvel is heading. Uh, video's up on YouTube now. You can check it out there. Uh, he says in the video. You know, I can say, walking through these halls, I have never seen more enthusiasm and more excitement for where Marvel Comics is going this year. What fucking halls are you walking down, dude? Not since Marvel now have we had such a <laughs> such a verarking ver, such a verarking. Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look. At the, I'm gonna look at what the fuck that word is. <laughs> Oh, I, you're right, though. What halls is he walking down? That's a straight-up lie. <laughs> like, the, the, the fucking, fucking dumpster fire, like, going on. It's just like, whoa, what's going on oh, here? okay. They missed an O in this CBR article. 
Uh, shame on you, CD. Such an overarching line-wide change. <laughs> but yeah, so this is... You know what comic companies do when their sales are getting, when the sales numbers are going down? They want to release a, new, a bunch of new number ones with new creative teams. It's that. Yeah. Uh, no worries what the creative teams will be, but uh, all the sh- all the characters you fucking know and love, I guess. Thor's back. His hammer's now golden. Still isn't shaved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robbie yes. Reyes is there, hanging out, doing shit. Ant Man, the Wasp, up front and center. Regular Wolverine uh, is there. Regular She-Hulk is there. Yeah, the thing I was actually happy to see is, did you see, um, well, if, if it is another piece of news, it is in the new Avengers, Robbie. Yes. And I'm, I was very happy to see that. I was like, nice. Yeah, and there is new Avengers as part of their fucking big next relaunch thing. Uh, written by Jason Aaron, art by Ed McGinnis. Uh, we got new team uh, consisting of Thor Odinson. With his with his golden arm and new golden hammer, Captain Marvel still being a bitch probably. Steve Rogers, Captain America, Black Panther, Iron Man, uh, Jennifer Walters, Hulk, uh, because they still they're still Marvel is still under this idea that people want her as Hulk and not have her go back as She Hulk, where she was fun and likable. Uh, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, and then Doctor Strange, who will be as who will be whose position will be not permanent. Uh, she will just be like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange slot will essentially just be a rotating bunch of dudes. And Nicholas Peter also fucking died. So shit. Right back, everybody. Sorry about that. Nicholas Power went out. Yeah. Because he lives in the slums. (laughs) That's right. Anyways, go on. Yeah. So that Avengers book. uh, Talked about it a bit while you were offline. Just kind of. Yeah. Get back up uh, with the fucking. Doctor Strange slot. Yeah. Because Doctor Strange will keep switch. Doctor Strange will swap out with a new character after a few issues. And that character will get swapped out and so on and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. At least that's the plan. Oh, they, that's what they've said. Yeah, yeah. yeah Doctor Strange okay. is going to be a part of a is going to be on a rotating slot. Okay, but yeah, nice to see Robbie Reyes. Yeah, I like that. Uh, they're also planning to ship the book eighteen times a year. Yeah, and be the yeah. only Avengers title going forward. Oh, that's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what'll we do without the other eighty thousand Avengers books that are all covering some iteration of this team? Yeah, I mean, if you want to double shift half the time because that's basically what they'll be doing, that's fine. They've already do that with a bunch of Marvel books, so why not yeah. just do it with your main one of your should be one of your fucking main titles? Because the Mark Wade <laughs> Avengers hasn't worked out the way they've hoped, obviously. Yeah, and yeah. finally, yeah, <laughs> with all of this fresh start thing, Marvel is doing away with their legacy numbering. So the thing that has stupid. been around for less than a fucking year. Yeah. So fucking stupid. Ugh. My God. What, what the fuck? This is just I mean, the, this is the dumbest fucking thing. I mean, I'm sure that was an Axel Alonzo move before they canned him, right? Like, I mean, yeah, just like, whole, eh, fuck shit. We don't know what's happening. Numbers. His name came. Um, they got hired for that job, right? Uh, just probably to clean things up now, right? Yeah, um, just it's like, all right, so Axel fucked up a lot of shit, dude. Made the, the statement uh, at the start of this. I forgot his name. 
Anyways, the other executive. C.B. Sobolski? Yeah, yeah. The new editor-in-chief? Yes, yes, thank you. Yep. The guy who used to write under a Japanese name or writing books yes, about Japanese characters? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that him. whole fucking thing? Yes, yes, that's him. But yeah, that's... I, I know that that happened with the legacy thing. I think that was still during um, Axel Alonso's time at Marvel. Yeah, yeah, it was. So, it yeah, yeah, they brought in Sobolski after uh, after Legacy happened. Yeah, so I'm, I know it's so soon, and fucking their dire need is less than a year. That is a I fucking know. DC move right there. Yeah, well, that, listen, that's they have to write the ship. I mean, how many times does fucking DC have to look like assholes before they actually started, to, you know, some consistency, right? Like, so. like nineteen times in a row, right? Pretty much, so. pretty much from, pretty much from Crisis on Infinite Earths till now. Yeah, so let's hope, <laughs> let's hope that uh, this will be the answer. I, I, I'm just an optimistic fucking Marvel fan at this point. I'm so tired. Of <laughs> it's just like, please be good. I don't want to hate yeah. you anymore. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> anyway, that's gonna be for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Somber note to end on. Uh, all right. Thank you all for joining us. <coughs> we'll be back in two weeks' time with an episode of the Destroyprods dot com podcast. In between now and then, though, we got shit coming out. I don't know. Follow me on Twitter. I might tweet. I might tweet about it to Switch because now I have a Nintendo Switch. Oh, nice! Got it for three hundred and forty bucks. Not bad. Not bad nice. at all. Thank you, yeah. eBay. <laughs> ah, but yeah, in between now and then, though, just coming out. Till then, I'm dead. I'm Nico, and for Birdie, we will see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>